live. You can bring up what you want. Just dial in via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. And you can take control of the airwaves, 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the various different features that we have there for you, all brought to you free, like a good website should be. So do enjoy that over at freetalklive.com. The main feature actually allows you to create the content of the website. You look there on the main page, in the main column, you'll see all that stuff, all those different items that you can vote on. You vote on the ones you like or vote down the ones you don't like. The most voted up make it to the front page of the website. All of those are there because of listeners like you putting them there. So you can go and and create the content for the site or vote on it over at freetalklive.com. Starting out with a special guest here tonight and even though we you can tell we rarely do guests on this show because sometimes I'll completely botch it up. Like I don't remember the last guest we actually had on. It's been a while and I've got two tonight and I accidentally scheduled them both at the same time. Oh, God. So. <laughs> So, well, you know, it, it's always it always seems like it's just it's just free game. You can schedule them anytime you want because yeah. there's so few of them. You know, yeah. So I dropped the ball. The uh, outlaw hot dog guy is going to be with us in hour number two. Tonight okay. Because uh, I did I did t- uh, tell the listeners we'd have him on, but instead uh, this hour Nima Vidati is with us, or also known as Nima V. We've had him on the show in the past as uh, a rap icon. Uh, he is, <laughs> <laughs> he is actually out of is it Wyoming where you're at. Yep, Casper, Wyoming. You got it. Casper, Wyoming. Nima is, uh, by day, uh, he is a TV reporter. Uh, you actually do, like, the on-the-scene stuff, right? Yep, on-the-scene. I report weeknights during the week, and I'm the weekend anchor and producer. So on the weekends, I get to say whatever I want. Uh, on the weeknights, I just cover the news. Oh, cool. I didn't know you were doing anchor work. That's uh, that's great. Yeah, and- it's, it, it is great. It started a few months ago, and... Well, actually, about a year ago now, and um, I'm on the tail end of it, so looking for the next move. Looking to make a move out of the market, you mean? Um, Out of this market into a different market. I was actually talking to another station today, and so got my fingers crossed for that, and maybe even something bigger later on down the line. It's it's too bad we don't have anything. uh, I think we've got one TV station here in New Hampshire, (laughs) and that's about it. Yeah, I actually, I mean, every time I've been looking for jobs, I I always check to see if there's anything from New Hampshire, and there never is. I did apply to a job in Vermont, but um, never heard back. Vermont's a pretty cool place. I mean, it's uh, it's very unusual. Like, it's very liberal, but not liberal at the same time. It's strange. Right. It's liberal, but sometimes in a classical sense-ish. I mean, they obviously have... uh, a good thing when it comes to guns, you know, they have what some people call constitutional carry, which is always a good thing. Yeah, it's uh, it's country liberal. Now, for our, for our listeners that weren't maybe around when we had you on the first time, the reason we had you on, I guess, probably been at least a year uh, since yeah. we've had you on, uh, was because you came out with what I've considered a pretty excellent uh, rap video, um, and I'm no rap. You know, um, I don't know the rap scene too well, but I enjoyed it, and uh, it was called "I Own Me," and that is mm-hmm. surely still available online. YouTube, I imagine, would be the prime place to go. Or is there a better website folks should go and visit to see that? Nope, definitely they should um, check it out on YouTube. Just search um, "I Own Me." Yeah, uh, the the username is the Nima V. The article the and then Nima V, all one word. But you've been busy on other projects since then, and I imagine. The, the way documentary work uh, goes, you've probably been working on this for a while. Uh, you've got a new documentary that is close to being released. Gunsandweed.com is the website. The trailer is there for you to watch. And first of all, when did you get started on this and what's it all about? 
We got started about in the summertime. Actually, we've been moving really fast on it because we knew my contract here in Wyoming was going to be up in November. Oh. So, I mean, all day, every day, I'm either working with a day job or working this job. And um, it's just been really exciting. You know, we, we came up with the concept. Originally, we decided to make a documentary, and it was going to be just sort of a libertarian documentary, you know, a freedom documentary. And then we decided it'd be best if we could stick to some issues as a sort of case study into freedom. And so we sort of examined the, the gun freedom movement and the weed freedom movement <laughs> and um, sort of in the context in the light of liberty thinking. So just kind of as an aside, um, I saw today something on Facebook, and I didn't get a chance to dig in deep enough to find out about this. Maybe you know since you've been researching into the, the, the weed legalization movement. I heard that it was actually a good thing that the Proposition 19 did not pass, that if you were in favor of liberty, you should have voted against that. And we were shocked that it didn't pass and uh, you know, a little upset that right. it didn't. Have you been paying any attention to that uh, whatsoever? I, I definitely have. And originally I was definitely very upset. To me, um, at least one way you can look at it was just a yes or no vote on freedom. It seemed yeah. like that was it. Freedom, yes or no. And people seem to check more no's than yeses. Yep. That really hit me hard the first day when I first heard the news, you know, at night when I read about it. Um, but, yeah, since then, you know, I've come to find out the real name of the proposition, which has something to – I think it, the, the language reads something like the act to control and tax marijuana, which obviously doesn't sound good. It definitely wouldn't sound good in a free world, an act to control and tax something. Yeah. So it obviously had its issues from, from a libertarian standpoint. Um, but I think it's still upsetting to see it fail. But I think it's really good that the debate is there and that they actually had it on the ballot, which is what a lot of the supporters said after it failed. And for me, I agree. I think it's just going to motivate people and make people realize also that maybe, you know, the democratic process doesn't always work when it comes to liberty. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's still not right that these people don't have the rights and the freedom of ingestion. And the fact that people actually voted and used their vote as a voice to prevent those people from having and exercising their natural rights shows you the dark side sort of of democracy. So it's a good point. <laughs> you know? So we've been saying about democracy all along. It's that Benjamin Franklin quote uh, as far as uh, two wolves and a sheep voting on what's for dinner. So what was the inspiration right. for you uh, to choose guns and weed to focus on uh, the gun legalization uh, slash weed legalization movements or decrim or whatever you want to call it? Uh, what, what, what inspired you to go that route with the, the documentary? Well, I guess if you had to take it back to its original, original history – um, one of the first things me and Michael did when we hooked up, he actually saw the Eye on Me video, and he lived in Casper. And when I moved, you know, we met one day. And the first night we were there, we, we, we did a song, you know, or at least part of it. We actually never finished the song, but one of the lines in the verse is, you know, I want my guns and my weed. Who are you to say what I do and don't need? And so it was sort of stuck in both of our heads. And then when we were talking about the movie, we were talking about freedom. And it was just so vast and expansive. And... At around the same time, I was working on a sweeps piece, which is, you know, the special report we do in news about the Wyoming Firearms Freedom Act. There's actually some really great freedom-inspired libertarian language in it. And if you're not familiar with it, it's basically an act. Other states have passed similar ones. But in Wyoming, if a federal agent violates your Second Amendment rights, as long as the gun was built in Wyoming and sold in Wyoming, they're subject to a year in prison and a $10,000 fine. So it actually has teeth for the state officials and even county and city officials That's really and something. police to arrest a Fed. 
Yeah, I recall and, hearing about that. That's uh, that is great yeah. news. It was it was really interesting. And in fact, in the story, I went I went to the shooting range with a couple of governors and shot some guns with them, or the governor candidates, and tried to talk to them about it. And each of them was really in support of it. I mean, obviously, it was an election year before a primary, so they were all jumping on the bandwagon, except for, of course, the Democrat. Um, but there was they have Democrats that run it. for office in Wyoming. <laughs> yes, it's actually really sad. <laughs> Why do they do um, that? Oh well, I guess the Libertarians <laughs> run for office do. too, so they might as well. Exactly. It's just. People think that that's the way to, I don't know, sort of right all the wrongs in the world, and so they just do it as a matter of course. I don't know if it's just... Well, it's, I, I'm just what... I mean, they're basically a third party out in Wyoming. I mean, good Definitely, Lord. Yeah, yeah, it really is true. In fact, the margin in the governor's race was Matt Mead, the Republican, 76 to, I think, 23 for the Democrat. Mm. So he more than tripled what she got. So you chose guns, you chose weed, and uh, some would say those are some of the more controversial things that uh, liberty-minded uh, people support. You obviously aren't afraid of that. Oh, no. And we definitely did not want to be afraid in this movie. This isn't a movie where we skirt the issues. It's very it's very strong, and it, it states its case. And, um, you know, a lot of times people pretend that their documentaries are sort of a search for the truth and their objective. But here we, we clearly know and we clearly state uh, what we believe in. And then we, we show it, and we show it through examples, and we sort of give people a glimpse of that view. We'll come back with more. You've got time, right? Yeah. All right, more with Nima V. He is with us, uh, rap star and uh, documentary filmmaker. <laughs> this is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. And bring up what- this Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Boost Kit Essentials Nutritionally Complete Drink, providing your picky eater with essential nutrition and great taste in one drink. Visit us at kitessentials.com. To make sure your kids eat healthy, follow the five-a-day plan. Serve three servings of vegetables and two servings of fruit daily. Remember, a serving could just mean a piece of fruit or a half cup of veggies. If your kids are picky eaters, ask a nutritionist about other sources. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday. Take control of the airwaves at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website, freetalklive.com, is where you'll find a bunch of different stuff. Lots of features there, all brought to you completely free. Uh, Again, that's freetalklive.com. Features there, by the way, including archives. If you've missed a moment of the show, you can just click and download the front page of the website. has the last week's worth of the show, and then if you click into the archive section, That'll take you back to late 2006. All of it free, brought to you by HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting. They make it easy for for you to get your own .com domain name. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, let the experts help you create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. It's HostGator.FreeTalkLive.com. If you use that portal, you'll get your first month completely free. HostGator.FreeTalkLive.com. All right, so we are back on with our special guest here tonight. By the way, joining you in the studio this evening, it's Ian. And Sean. And Mark. Uh, special guest here tonight, Nima V, or also known as Nima Vidati. He is the filmmaker behind Guns and Weed. And you can go to gunsandweed.com. You can't see the full release quite yet, but the trailer is up. And Nima, uh, presuming somebody goes and watches the trailer, what's a good way for them to kind of stay in the loop as to 
when the actual release happens? Well, we actually have a mailing list on the website, so it's pretty easy to find. If you just go to the website, you'll find where to sign up for our mailing list, and then uh, you know we'll let you know and keep you informed as soon as uh, it'll be released. Fantastic. Now, you're out in, uh, in Wyoming, and watching yeah. the... Uh, Watching the the trailer, two minute trailer, there's a scene with a young lady, uh, attractive young lady, doing looking like she's got gloves on. She's working with marijuana. What what was going on there? That's actually in Colorado. We did take a, a trip down to Denver to check out some dispensaries. We went to one main dispensary, um, Pharmaceuticals, and they treated us real nice. They also own a grow operation out there, and so that's sort of the cutting edge of what happens when the government just lets it grip loose just a little bit. I mean, obviously, they're still heavily controlled, regulated, and taxed. It's a really cash-heavy industry for them for all the various agencies they have to pay off to stay in business. Mm. But we wanted to see what kind of service they provided, and it was really an amazing thing to behold. And um, we definitely show that and portray that in the movie and hear from them. And part of the thing, too, is how amazing and peaceful and how Quality has just risen, and so has variety. As soon as you let the market go just a little bit, how quickly yeah. it jumps into gear and provides people exactly what they want. The market certainly is uh, an amazing thing. Now, I know Montana's got the medical marijuana provisions up there. Is Wyoming not even close yet? Where are things at? No, uh, Wyoming is not even close yet. The only even whisper I've heard has been um, a city council meeting in Cody about a year ago where a gentleman who was from somewhere else had been prescribed it and um, just wanted to take his medicine. And they said, basically, they passed the buck. They said, you know, that's not an issue for us. Talk to the state government. Of course, the state government's not going to hear them. And, um, yeah, the state government's you know, not Wyoming's even going to pay pretty, attention. <laughs> yeah. And Wyoming's a pretty free state in, in a lot of regards, especially when it comes to guns. And so we, we have a lot of the gun angle here in Wyoming. Right. And that, that's another reason for the movie, too, is there's a lot of people that really get freedom when it comes to certain things, mm-hmm. when it comes to the Second Amendment, when it comes to the First Amendment, or when it comes to, you know, what we call freedom of ingestion. And we wanted to sort of bring them together and show them, hey, guys, you see freedom. You know what it is. You're familiar with it. It's not a foreign concept. It's not like we're trying to teach you rocket science. Look, freedom is one piece. It, it goes across everything. Freedom is one concept. It's not a, a, a pick and choose. It's not column A, column B. It's just freedom. I love that because typically when you look at stereotypes of the people that would get it about guns and the people that would get it about uh, drugs or in this right. specific case weed, they likely wouldn't get it about the other issue. So somebody yeah. who's in favor of total gun freedom might be frightened to death of uh, allowing somebody to smoke some cannabis and uh, vice versa. You know, the cannabis uh, smoker might be pretty frightened of the idea of people um, being free to uh, to own guns. I'm very, ster- you know, very much stereotyping, but I think that stereotypes exist for a reason. Would you say that's accurate? Yeah. I mean, I, I do think so, and, and that's one of the issues we try to address. And, yeah, some of the people we do talk to um, sort of are like that. They didn't really get the other side. And so they're sort of who the movie's targeted towards is, you know, we obviously know we'll have a nice built-in market for people who know this already and just want to see a different angle of it. But we really want to try to get the idea of freedom out to people, especially if they've already been familiar with it, and just let them know that, Here's the other side of it. And, and the people in the movie, they're very likable, too. So it's, they'll see them. They won't be scared. You know, the, the gun people aren't scary. They're, they're mm-hmm. eloquent. They're intelligent. 
and they're for the most part friendly. You, you, you could imagine hanging out with them or at least smiling and nodding as you pass them on the street. And the same with the weed people. And the weed people, too, you know, because we did focus on an entrepreneurial establishment, uh, something that a very brave person started. And, and, you know, even though he's into weed, he's not very lefty, per se, because he's sort of extolling the, the values of the market. And they really all are because they're, they're all so happy that they have the freedom to do this now and how much better it has made their lives, especially for people with health reasons. You know, um, one of these, the the gun and the weed issue are issues that can be extrapolated out. Often people will say everybody has the right to a handgun to protect themselves, but then you you get into, uh, you know, bazookas, automatic weapons, uh, hand grenades, things like that. And the weed one essentially is another, you know, you can extrapolate that out uh, from having marijuana to growing marijuana and you know selling it selling it well obviously if you grow it you sell it generally um right and there's also the other drugs did you get did you go any further with this or was it was it handguns and joints oh of course i mean it's guns and weed it's not handguns and joints and weed can really be read if you wanted to as drugs although weed is the main focus i mean we don't really have any case studies of heroin or meth per se, although we do get into it on a philosophic level. The other thing is that there's different levels in the movie. I mean, if, if you aren't necessarily a total anarchist, you'll still feel comfortable because of some of the interviewees. And if you are, you know, like me, an anarcho-capitalist or a voluntarist, then you will also still feel comfortable because those issues are also expressed. I mean, basically, and, and freedom of ingestion, you know, there's, a, there's actually a music video about it. There's a few music videos in it, so you will get to see much more <laughs> nice. theme of E, if that's what you're interested in. Um, so we do attack the drug issue as both freedom of ingestion and as a case study in medical marijuana, so, mm. it, it, and, it, and everything in between. So all the different levels are there. The medical marijuana patients in so many cases are very persuasive folks, and right. their stories are just you know, undeniable uh, that what their experiences have been. So you mentioned that, that there's one particular person you focus on? No, actually, with weed, we do have a lot of different people. But mm-hmm. um, for people who maybe might be gun folk and be, you know, they might also, the stereotype is, you know, be very free market type of economy type people. We do have a few people extolling that in, you know, a specific sense as far as the guy who actually owns the business. And then everybody sort of is proud of it in the the other sense because they're obviously benefiting from it. I want to talk about the the business side of doing a documentary like this because a lot of folks sure. out there, I'm sure, are interested in doing filmmaking. And uh, maybe we could t- discuss that next. So more with Nima V. Nima uh, Vidati is with us from GunsAndWeed.com, brand new documentary that is preparing to be released. It's free talk. MemoryDealers.com offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, GBICs, XFPs, Zimpax, and X2s, that are 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP, at up to 99% off list price. Memory Dealers can also offer customized solutions for your transceiver requirements, including private labeling. Memory Dealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs, in stock and ready to ship via overnight delivery. MemoryDealers.com This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever. 
whatever you want. Just dial in toll-free and take control of the airwaves at 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features there for free, so do enjoy those on us. And the features include our wiki with over 2,000 pages created by listeners just like you. WIKIWiki.freetalklive.com. If you like Terran Lupo's history pieces on the LCL Report, then check out his new historical fiction novel, Pirates of Savannah, is an adventure novel from about the birth of freedom in the Low Country. At its heart is a tale of prisoners, refugees, and societies at castoff, all joining together to escape from government tyranny and discover a path to liberty on the open seas. It's a gritty, vivid account of what life was like in the 1700s and is loaded with real obscure historical events that time's nearly erased and buried. Taryn is doing an experiment in intellectual property and taking a risk by giving away the ebook completely free. You can check out uh, the first few chapters. I think it's actually up to like 20 or 21 chapters online right now. It's piratesofsavannahbook.com. Again, it's piratesofsavannahbook.com. Nima Vidati is with us from Casper, Wyoming, at least for now. Uh, he uh, works in a television station during the day and uh, by night. Sometimes he does uh, rap music as Nima V, and he's also been working very hard on a documentary called Guns and Weed. You can go to gunsandweed.com to see the two-minute, uh, 11-second trailer, and he's with us. Uh, Nima, welcome back. Thank you for having me. Yeah, uh, so we've been kind of discussing the, the film and what it's about, or the documentary, and, and what, it's, you know, what, what it's covering. And I, I love the kind of the dichotomy of covering these two aspects of liberty that, in many cases, the people that support those aspects but don't really understand what liberty is uh, kind of don't get one versus the other. They're, they get one, but they don't get the other, and in some way showing them that there's a lot of commonality between the, the two groups. I think that's, uh, that's pretty interesting. And Did you say that you focus at one point on a medical uh, marijuana patient? Yeah, we do. We have two medical marijuana patients in it. They're a couple, and they're young. And uh, one of them has Crohn's disease, and the other has MS, which MS is a pretty debilitating thing. My girlfriend's dad actually has it. It's a it's a tough thing, especially as you get on in the years. But she's still young, and she says it's the only thing that that eases her pain and helps her to to cope. Mm-hmm. And for him too, he says it's the only thing that'll keep his body able to eat. Really. Yeah, I've talked, I've spoken to uh, folks like this before, and in fact, up here in New Hampshire tomorrow, there's going to be another 420 celebration at the State House, which happened earlier this year on 420. Uh, this is kind of going to, going to be the second one, I guess, on November 5th. Remember, remember okay. something about pot, uh, and, uh, <laughs> and so that's going to be going on. And, and while I was there, I encountered an older lady that that uses it for medical purposes, and of course, uses it surreptitiously because here in New Hampshire, uh, we're kind of behind the times as far as right. uh, Making things happen regarding ch- uh, changing those those laws, um, but I've you know met them in the past down in Florida, and it's they've always got a story that is so persuasive, and they're not telling it in front of any cameras, so it's not like they you know they're doing this to justify getting high. Not that there's anything right. wrong with getting high, uh, but uh, you know, I think that's, that's what people always right. think. The cynics will look at the medical marijuana patients and say, "Oh, that person just wants to get high." You know, and I'll bet oh, in yeah. California where they uh, okay. you know basically anybody can go to the doctor for a back right. pain and 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 get a license to uh, to have marijuana. I'll I'll bet a lot of people do that. But I just don't care that much. I think that you know if one if one sick person is helped for every nine other people or 90 other people it doesn't matter to yeah. me that just smoke marijuana peacefully uh, non-violently in their home they don't disturb anyone i don't care right. oh i also wanted to clarify i did say there was two but there's actually more like seven i just wanted to focus on those two for sure. that 
specific conversation, but we do have a quite a grip of, of medical marijuana users in the movie. So let's talk a little bit about the business side of uh, making a documentary. A lot of folks listening out there may be either experienced at uh, doing some level of filmmaking or not at all and just curious. But uh, it's obviously gotten a lot easier to do this stuff over the last two decades with uh, the cost of various different equipment coming down, the quality skyrocketing uh, to now full HD levels. Are you shooting in full HD yeah, we actually are shooting in full HD. Ah, that's great. So uh, what uh, what kind of equipment investment did you, I mean, if you want to get into the numbers, what kind of money did you have to lay out in order to get the ball rolling on this production? Well, um, not a whole lot. I mean, as far as labor, that's where we really trim the cost. I mean, when, when you're doing something like this, Obviously, the cost of people is what really can drag people down. Mm-hmm. And, you know, me and Michael are both pros at this kind of thing. Uh, you know, I shoot interviews all day, every day for my day job. So it was really easy to set them up and shoot them on the side. Uh, no sweat at all. Um, and Michael, the same way, he's he's done a few movies before. His name's Michael W. Dean, if, if you guys want to check him out or you'll see him on the website. Um, he's really good at the long-form type of stuff, and that's really what... I leaned on as far as that, and I was really good at doing the the sort of um, polishing and making sure that uh, you know we get those short segments done perfectly and popping. Because in news, you know, all the segments are really short. Yeah. So it's it's a nice way of us blending our styles. Of course, we both have music backgrounds, so we didn't have to spend money on any any type of music production. We nice. did it all in house with our own equipment that we've had before, because you know we're both media producers. So we sort of. Didn't have to make an overhead investment initially because we both each had That's equipment great. and we both uh, each had knowledge. So you just mapped out what you wanted to do and then got out, shot it, and I imagine you've already finished the editing. You, you, the film is complete at this point, yes? Yeah, the film is complete. The, I guess you'd say the timeline is locked. We might cut out one or two things just to make it a, a tad bit shorter. Um, you know, we're going over the, the fine cuts right now and, and taking out things like that and doing a little bit of the polishing is all that's left to be done. Some some audio mixing just to make sure everything's perfect and some we've done most of the color correction but you know obviously if we come across notes later as we watch the movie again we'll uh, clean that up too for somebody that's out there that you know may not have been trained and, and what, by the way what kind of level of um, experience do you have as far as education or training at uh, at doing filmmaking sure um, well i went to university of texas for broadcast journalism uh, with the focus, obviously, in broadcast journalism, which is mainly TV and radio. But, you know, what they really try to do is put you out there to work in TV. So, you know, from the time I was 22-ish, no, about 20-ish, I was, uh, you know, film editing, audio editing, uh, color correcting, and producing content. Uh, after I graduated, I spent about a year uh, working for a production company. We did a documentary for the Weather Channel. We did advertisements for Dell, um, so I was obviously more behind the scenes there and got you know sort of the basics, not not just the basics, but the things that go into it, not just the final product, but um, editing and actually shooting with with guys that were really good at shooting. That's really where I came into my shooting chops. And you know, obviously now I I do TV for a living. And um, last year I did a, a few freelance DVDs I produced for a MMA fighting outfit out here in Wyoming. They had me do some DVDs of their fight nights, which uh, I was pretty proud of. 
How would you, I mean, for somebody that maybe can't afford to go to college for something like this, there are obviously ways that people can get tutorials or, or books and, and info. Well, actually, I'm, I'm glad you, you brought that up because uh, Michael Dean actually wrote a book called uh, $30 Film School. It's nice. actually taught as a textbook at some community colleges, um, I think. I'm not 100% on that, uh, or it has in the past. And so, um, literally, he wrote the book on making films on a budget. So if you want to check that out, you can go ahead and do that. Great. I guess I had, had to plug that there. It was just easy to. Fantastic. So it's a book, $30 Film School by Michael Dean? Yes. Exactly. Fantastic. I, th- I think that's great because folks, you know, you don't have to go to a uh, college or university to really learn uh, how to do this stuff. It's getting easier and easier. It's not yes, like you have to splice really together film or anything like that. The The process, I mean, even with the digital editing that's out there, it's still something you can pour a lot of time in. Like there's a, there's some major time savers by making things digital and moving away from film or, or analog tape and, uh, and and going into this realm. But of course, that also means you've got more time to do tweaks and and it can really yeah. if you're if you're a perfectionist, you're not going to get anywhere because at some point you just have to say it's done, right? <laughs> you totally do. And yeah, the thing is, you know, even though the you open things up with, uh, oh, are we coming up on a break now? You got it. <laughs> you know how this works. Okay. We'll come back with you, though. Uh, Nima V is with us. Nima Vidati uh, talking about the business side of doing filmmaking, documentary work here. And, of course, if you've got a question for him, now would be a good time to get on the phones at 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. The movie is Guns and Weed at gunsandweed.com. More coming up. You can take control. This is Free Talk Live. Have you ever wished that you could buy, sell, and trade in silver in your community? Dell Valley Silver has a no-cost turnkey setup for you. You recruit six to eight businesses in your area to accept Dell Valley Silver rounds as barter currency, and your wish is granted. You get paid, and you promote the use of real money. This isn't like so many other silver currency setups where it's really just a system to sell high-priced rounds. It's a free market system based on Austrian economics. DellValleySilver.com. DellValleySilver.com. Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. If you've got a question for Nima Vidati, he's with us for the remainder of this hour. And then coming up, hopefully we'll have the outlaw hot dog guy. He said he was going to be uh, available, and uh, he's called me twice during this last hour, and I've been on the air both times, so I don't know what's going on. So I've got my fingers crossed on that one. Uh, But uh, Nima V is with us, and we're talking about his latest uh, effort, which is Guns and Weed, a documentary that's uh, about an hour and a half long, uh, but it has not yet been released publicly. Gunsandweed.com is where you can go to see the trailer, get signed up for the mailing list, and get kept into the loop as to uh, when it actually is going to be released. Uh, You guys are in the middle. You and the direct, the other your co-director, I guess, uh, Michael W. Dean, are in the midst of uh, shopping it around, attempting to get a distributor. Uh, Nima, are you there? Yeah, I am here. Great. You actually mentioned we were talking about uh, how folks that are listening can learn more about filmmaking in this day and age uh, where it's so affordable to get the equipment. Really, it's just a matter of putting the time in and learning some techniques and and practicing at it. Uh, And uh, your partner there, Michael W. Dean, has written a book. And you mentioned that it's it's even being used as a textbook in uh, in college classes. And sure enough, I, I went and pulled it up on Amazon. It is 500 plus pages. This is a uh, and it's not a textbook price. It's less than 20 bucks, brand new. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. So you really can't beat that. 
so I highly recommend folks go and, and take a look at that if they're interested in learning more about filmmaking. It's uh, it's a very interesting process. I'm certainly no expert at it. I dabble just a little bit in, in video production, uh, obviously focusing more on the, the radio field. But, man, for 20 bucks to get a textbook on filmmaking, uh, you know, at that point, you use your digital camera or uh, video cameras are so no cheap. anymore. Yeah, you can go to Best Buy or Circuit oh, I guess Circuit City is out of business. But you can go to the electronics <laughs> You cannot store, go to Circuit City. <laughs> or actually, you can go to Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com and get yourself your own camera. And, I mean, they are under $500 for full HD. Now, it's not going to be the same yep. quality of, of what you're using. I imagine you're using more of a perf- either a, a semi-pro or pro camera setup. Yeah. Yeah, we're using uh, a couple of different cameras, but one of them is. We do have a... The, the lower quality one is still really high quality, and it was an HD camera refurbished that we got for 400 bucks. Wow. And now are you so having any it, trouble matching the quality of those vi- uh, videos? Because, I mean, if you've got different lens sizes, more lights being collected and all that, is it, is it pretty significant, the difference between the two? Uh, not terribly significant, and obviously you, you polish that up with color correction and post. I mean, a lot of the work we do is in post, and a lot mm-hmm. of the way I shoot, I shoot knowing... Um, and keeping in mind what I'm going to do to it in post because that's how I sort of do it in the news business because everything's sort of quick and fast-paced. The other thing with the movie is there's a lot of different types of media in this. So even if they did seem like they were – even if you were a film pro and like, oh, those are shot with different cameras, um, it fits with the motif of the movie because, you know, there's animation in the movie, there's music videos in the movie – there's um, all sorts of different things in the movie. There's archive footage, you know, from that the government made, you know, 50 years ago about busting up uh, the liquor barrels after Prohibition ended, mm-hmm. things like that. So it's a very mixed media type of production. Yeah, if it's done right, uh, you can do that. You can switch up the, you know, the different types of uh, camera stuff, and it it doesn't bother the viewer. I can only right. look at it at it as a viewer, but I, can, I I know that that's happened, and I've watched it, and you know, if some if it's done well, it doesn't bother me. If it's a persuasive uh, presentation and interesting, uh, you know, film uh, filming and cameras and all that, or camera uh, you know, shots, it's if, as long as you're holding the viewer's attention, they're not going to pay attention to the little things. So thirty dollars. Right, right. We still want to polish it and make sure that even if you are a film nerd, you still respect what we did. Right. Thirty dollar film school is the name of the book, and and our listeners can go to Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com and order it there. And if you get the bug and you decide you want to go ahead and order some uh, some equipment like a, like a camera, Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com is a great place to do that as well. And uh, Free Talk Live will of course benefit from that. So let's talk about the distribution end of things. You're currently right now hunting around for somebody to essentially buy the movie out from under you. Is that right? Yeah, um, that, that's kind of how it works. Um, they, they don't really buy the movie. They buy the rights to distribute it. Um, and then they do, do all the, sort of that work of printing the DVDs and putting them in packaging and shopping it out to different people who would sell it. Um, um, I also, I, I, I know this doesn't happen in the first one or two years of a movie, but I eventually want the movie to be on Hulu where mm-hmm. a, a user could just click on it and, you know, watch it and maybe see an ad every few minutes if that's how it works. I can tell you, I just yeah. saw a documentary this week and I, I hardly ever have time. Make, I, I hardly ever make time for movies, but somebody put this one in front of me, Pirate Radio USA. I uh, sat down and watched that one and it was because somebody sent me a link to to the Hulu. I was like, I've got no reason yeah. to not sit down and watch this uh, at, the, at exactly. this point. So what when kind of revenue? When a few commercials, it, it makes it really hard to say no. Right, right. Now, what kind of, I mean, what does that do for you as a filmmaker getting on Hulu besides it getting you the exposure, maybe increasing some DVD sales? Do they actually pay you to uh, to list, you know, to have that product on their site? 
Well, I mean, I've never done it. Michael has one of his previous films on Hulu. He says he doesn't make a whole lot of money off of it in comparison to right. the other avenues of sale. But um, in my opinion, that's sort of the wave of the future. I mean, we haven't sat down and discussed the business aspects of this all yet when it comes to Hulu, at least. Um, but I think that you know, kids, people my age, the younger generation, that's sort of where they get a lot of their media content. I don't even have cable TV. You know, I watch yeah, TV shows, but I do it on Hulu, and, and I do a lot of my media, obviously, on the web, and I think that's how people of my generation do things these days. Yeah, and you're seeing more and more delivery, uh, web delivery. I mean, even Netflix uh, moving to a lot of instant play options for right. the, the movies yep. that they had there, so I'm, that would probably be another good venue, and I'm sure you already put that on the short list. Um, yeah. But uh, so as far as distribution is concerned, we've got one of our co-hosts on the Friday night show, Dale. He's kind of gotten the film bug recently and has been looking at doing more uh, fictional, uh, liberty-oriented kind of uh, movies. Ooh, and yeah. and he was, uh, I guess, talking about you know getting a distributor as well. But if they couldn't get a distributor, then they'd have to do it themselves. Is that something that's on the table for you as well? Um. Yeah, we don't really have the logistics worked out for it. There's a few different avenues for things like that. I mean, you can obviously, it's really easy to just put it on the web for free. Um, you know, you can host screenings and just sell there, you know, not really touring with it, but every now and then, you know, go to film festivals. And, of course, usually when you go to a film festival, it's the shortest shop for a distributor as well. Right. But, um, you know, you can always print out your own DVDs if you really want to, but that can get kind of uh, pricey. But then I guess you get to keep more of the the actual profit when you get it. Yeah, people have people made a living doing that. Well, this is true. Yeah. If you sell out to a distributor, then that's pretty much it, right? Like you're done at that point. You they've got the yeah. full distribution rights, and you know maybe you'll do some interviews for it or something. But besides that, you, you're pretty much hands are off. Yeah, yeah. It's sort of almost like an agent. You sort of give them the reins of that whole aspect of it. Well, I hope that you can find the distributor, but if in the event that you don't, I uh, would love to see it released online in a Hulu form or some I'm other sure way. I'm sure they'll for, do something with it. For, They've yeah. got to, at this point, yeah. uh, you guys are finishing it up. You've got to do something with <laughs> we, it. Yeah. We have to put it out there. It's, it, it, won't, it will definitely see the light of day. It won't sit in a hard drive somewhere. Yeah, we definitely want to, you know, definitely want to have people be able to see it because I've, I firmly believe that if you put something out there and it's worthwhile, people are going to reward you by buying a DVD or sending in a donation yeah. or something like that. That's our business model, and it's, it's worked for us. And uh, it may be more difficult to do that with, with television production, but I, I, I firmly support that. Yeah, it's worked for us, and I hope you like poverty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, well, I'm used to it. I don't know if I like it, but I certainly am used to it. <laughs> All right, one last plug for this uh, book here. I'm uh, on a uh, chat with a uh, friend of mine who actually used this as her her, uh, ma- her instruction manual in a college oh, no, filmmaking excellent. class, and she recommends it highly. So at least 30, one student recommends oh, it. Good. $30 good. film school over at Amazon.freetalklife.com. Nima, uh, did we forget anything? Should we? Is there something we missed, uh, something you want to make sure you cover about this? Uh, a, cu- a couple things I w- w- wanted to cover real quick. Um we do have Sheriff Mack is pretty heavily featured in the film. Oh, and neat. he's sort of a, a lot of people know who he is. He's sort of a libertarian rock star in, in essence. So we wanted to plug the fact that we have him. And he says a lot of great things. Uh, takes a lot of law enforcement angle to, tax, to task on this as far as the drug war is concerned and mm-hmm. how really pursuing the drug war is sort of breaking your oath to the Constitution. Um, I also wanted to talk about the fact that uh, 
lot of nice rifles you can see in this movie. It is called Guns and Weeds, yep. so people who like either of those things will be pleasantly surprised and, and happy to see certain things um, on both the guns and, and the weed and guns. Obviously, we have some, some cool shooting, some cool tricks things like that. So um, it's not just a sit there and watch Talking Heads kind of film. It's you will be entertained nice. when you watch it. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing it and getting the news and, and, and announcing that it's out here on uh, on Free Talk Live when that time comes. So, Nima, okay, hopefully thanks. it should be, should be before summer. It should be sooner than that even, but All right. I don't want to pigeonhole myself. It'll be soon. Fantastic. Well, I'll look, uh, I'm looking forward to it. I'm sure our listeners are. And you can go to gunsandweed.com, see the trailer there, and then get on the mailing list. Get on the mailing list. Get and Nima yeah. V is the YouTube channel for folks to go and see your, uh, your rap video. Yeah, it is uh, the Nima V, T H E N E E M A V, and or search uh, I own me explicit. If you search regular for some reason, it brings up the edited version. But if Got you're it. if you're adverse to strong language, then watch that one. I guess. There you go. Hey man, thanks for spending an hour with us tonight. I appreciate you digging into the topic. Oh, no problem. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks, Nima. Thanks, Good night, sir. Okay. All right, Bye. more coming up here. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up anything. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. This is Free Talk Live. How long can you hold your breath? (sighs) Not long. After air, water is the most critical factor for life. There are dozens of toxic substances in tap water, even pharmaceutical drugs that city processing can't remove. Sadly, most bottled water isn't much better. The chemicals in the bottles themselves are a serious health concern and a huge environmental problem. Filtering your own drinking water is the logical answer. You'll have a much better quality of water and save a bunch of money, too. Aquasana filters are thorough and more affordable per gallon than even pitcher-type filters. Aquasana is consistently voted the best choice by Consumers Digest. The filters are easy to use and install. Call 866-NO-BOTTLE to order or link online through freetalklive.com. If you'd like a 20% discount, and who wouldn't, when ordering online, use the discount code FTL. Again, that's FTL. Or call toll-free 866-NO-BOTTLE and tell them we sent you to get a great discount on all Aquasana products. Drink smart. 1-866-NO-BOTTLE. By dialing in toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Sean. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com where you'll find a lot of stuff and it's all free. Main feature of the site allows you to control the content. You go there and submit whatever you want from across the internet. And then our listeners will see it and vote as to whether they like or dislike it. And the most liked will make it to the front page and the top of the website. In fact, it's that system. Uh, that system is how I found our next guest. And it's very unusual we'll have guests on. It's certainly unusual we'll have two. Two in uh, one but, night. <laughs> but I botched it up and double booked them. And luckily, Steve Pruner, or Steven Pruner is, uh, was flexible enough to uh, move a little bit later for us. So is it, should you go by Steve or Steven? Steve. Okay, Steve Pruner is with us uh, from the Raleigh area, I believe, in North Carolina? From uh, Durham, North Carolina, so Raleigh-Durham area Durham. here. Okay, great. And uh, so I actually found out about you because uh, one of our listeners came on our website and submitted the news story about what happened to you last week 
as you were arrested and charged, I believe, with two counts of operating a business without a license for heroically selling hot dogs without begging the government bureaucrats permission first. Where do you start your story, Steve? Well, a story starts about a story starts about nine months ago when um, my brother moved to the state, and he's a he's in kidney dialysis, so he was a long haul trucker and couldn't work there. So we decided to uh, build a hot dog cart so he could earn some extra money. And then in the middle of that build, um, my regular job is an independent uh, recruiter for clinical research trials. Okay. The job market crashed. And so I thought, well, I'll get a cart, too. So I got a cart, and we went down to the health department to do our thing, and then we found out about this stupid commissary requirement. It's basically before you can get a permit from the health department, or the, you have to associate yourself, actually write a contract between you and someone who already has a health-permitted kitchen. That would be like tantamount to you know starting a business, and you go to one of your competitors, and you have to work with them. Wow. So it has to be somebody so, who's licensed inside the municipality? Yes, it has to be already, or in that county at least, a health-inspected kitchen that's already been through a health department. And most, and most of those kitchens, about 90% of them are going to be restaurants. Yeah. Which are, which are also a direct competitor in a lot of senses. Sure. And uh, uh, in a news article that appeared on, uh, last week, the article that you referred to, it said that uh, the, the, there was a title, the police to crack down on illegal food vendors. The police and the health department team up to crack down on illegal food vendors. In that article, it said the people who, you know, the people who were complaining about these food carts and you know, you run them up? I bet it people was this... the restaurant owners. Sure they were. <laughs> it was the restaurant owners. So, so this, law, this law has really been ginned up by the Restaurant Association to place a false barrier in front of, in front of would-be competitors. Absolutely. That's, is, I was just going to say, that's what we North- find out to be the case with pretty much every regulation and regulatory board out there. They essentially are – they exist for the purposes of not protecting consumers like they want you to believe, uh, but to actually protect the existing business people from competition. And, and to support their own self-made bureaucracies and their own jobs. Uh, it so happens that North Carolina is a right-to-work state. Twenty-some states, so I think it's 23 states in, in the union, are right-to-work states. But North Carolina has unique language in the right-to-work statute, in the general statute of laws of North Carolina. It, says, it makes a very clear statement, and it says this, the right to live includes the right to work. Hmm. The exercise of the right to work shall be maintained, protected, free from undue restrictions and or coercion. They got you on that word undo there. (laughs) Undue restrictions and or coercion. In the last couple of weeks, I've had a lot of undue restriction and coercion placed on my hot dog business. I was hauled away from my hot dog cart in handcuffs and thrown in the slammer for a day. Wow. And told that I wasn't going to operate. If I operated again, they would do the same thing. Hmm. So I would say that that's an undue restriction, and, and certainly it is a heavy-duty conversion. Um, Absolutely it is. But I imagine they're, the men in the robes would not agree with you because— I don't know. Well, you, you will see how it—I mean, you got, at this point, all you can do is take it to court and see what happens. And I think you've got yourself a, an interesting case to uh, to try. I mean, I, I'm not one to uh, trust the court systems to uh, be particularly fair and sure. just. I don't, I, be, I don't believe the justice system really deals in justice. 
I don't think it does either. I'm not that naive to believe that. But also, besides the general statute, right-to-work statute in the state of North Carolina, we also have a very strong state constitution. And our state constitution in North Carolina actually grants us more rights than the federal constitution because they, and they're very, Article One, Section 1 of the North Carolina state constitution, and they codify the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, except they added one more strong statement. It says this, it's self-evident that all men are created equal. They're endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights. Among these are life, liberty, the enjoyment of the fruits of one's own labor, and the pursuit of happiness. Hmm. There's Imagine some great that. stuff like that in constitutions. Like we're, yeah. we're, by the way, we're here in New Hampshire. Uh, it's where we're doing the show from. And the New Hampshire Constitution is also, you know, it's got some wonderful language in it that's akin to what you're just saying there. Uh, just, unfortunately, they just don't care uh, about about <laughs> well, what it says. They don't if people don't stand up for them. And I think that this this is all you can do, right? Well, and that's why I, th- I wanted to have you on the show tonight, Steve, because I think what you've done, and and that is operating your business without asking government bureaucrats permission, uh, just going ahead and serving your customers with the the product or service that they were looking for without begging and not doing apology you know not making apologies for it later when you you know you get caught because that's one of the just the lame things that people will oh i'm so sorry i didn't mean i should have just gotten my permit i think that what you've done is an example i think it's a shining example for people out there that uh that they need to see people disobeying and non-cooperating with these stupid uh laws that these these men and women have passed and have enforced on us for the purposes of nothing more than just simple control. They want money, they want the bribe, which is a, really all a licensing fee is, and they want your total obedience. Well, look, our constitutional rights are, ne- are never rights unless they're exercised. It's if true. Have, and it's one of the things that I've learned in this whole experience is just how cheap our constitutional rights are and how easily they're, they're run over, disregarded, and and not taken account for. And so the government thinks that because they're big and powerful, they can just run over individuals. Well, the, an individual who knows the law, standing on constitutional footing, can take them all down. And it's not always the case that we win every, our, every battle. But if, if citizens do not stand up for their God-given inalienable rights, then what rights were they going to stand up for? Well, if only people would stand up for something. It seems like these days more people are just uh, content to cower and uh, and be apologetic for attempting to live free or not even bothering to live free in the first place. So I'm with you on all that. In fact, I've got I've got a number of more questions. Can we stick you know stick with you here okay. for a little while and you know hold sure. you through a break or two? Yeah, I'd love to. Stay yeah. on the show with you. Great, because uh, there's a lot. I want to talk about the, you know, the actual arrest and how that went. Uh, also, you told me on the phone that there's already been a court court development here, and I, I definitely want to get into yeah. what uh, what has happened there. So you started out doing the business, though. Uh, you set up the the hot dog stand. You set up actually outside the local college. Well, no, my first my first location was outside the Social Security building in the public sidewalk, and I was accosted by a zoning department official who told me I couldn't have a sandwich sign out next to my car. And I went, "Hey, wait a minute! Isn't there such a thing as a First Amendment?" And that's when I that's what began this whole thing. I was happily selling hot dogs out there, and I had my little homemade sandwich sign. And a, uh, a zoning official happened to be, I guess, there, and she came up to me and introduced herself, showed me a card, and she said that I couldn't have a sandwich sign. And I had a truck there, 
towing my that towed my hot dog cart, and I said, "Well, can I put the sign on my truck?" And she said, "No, you couldn't. Do, I couldn't do that either." And I went, "What? I can't have a sign on my truck." Don't you either? understand? We own you, Steve. Right? We own you. That freedom of speech thing? Not if you're trying to make money. <laughs> I tell you what. No. Hang on. More with Steve Pruner. He is the man behind Outlaw Hot Dogs. Arrested last week for daring to sell people beefy, delicious goodness. 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can take control of the airwaves. And who snitched them out? The competitors, of course, the restaurants. More coming up. Free Talk Live. Have you been thinking about starting a website? I'm going to tell you about a great offer from HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Sign up at hostgator.freetalklive.com to receive your first month completely free. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at hostgator.freetalklive.com host you. Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features free. Enjoy those on us. Features there including our Shrine of Female listeners, the dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send us their validated photo or video and show that they are listeners of this program. Go to shrine.freetalklive.com and see that for yourself. Shrine.freetalklive.com. Hey, well, if you run across a situation like our, our interviewee here, the, the outlaw hot dog purveyor, well, you may very well... Use Jurisdictionary.com. It's for people who don't have an attorney that uh, want that have to take a case to court, whether they're defendants or plaintiffs. It costs less than an hour with any good lawyer, and it's so easy the average eighth grader could go through the complete four-CD course in a single weekend. It works in every state in the United States. It's, uh, as a matter of fact, all over the world, U.S., Canada, England, Ireland, Australia, New Zealand, India, and Puerto Rico. It's not just for traffic tickets. It's Jurisdictionary.com. All right, 800-259-9231 is our number. If you've got a question for the outlaw hot doggist, Steve Pruner is with us from Durham, North Carolina. Uh, Steve, welcome back to the program. I appreciate you sticking with us to tell your story here tonight. Are you there? Yes, thank, thank you. Glad to do it. Uh, and by the way, I asked you off the air if there was some sort of a website for outlaw hot dogs, and I guess it just wasn't around long enough to, uh, to start one, but apparently somebody has started a fans of, or rather supporters of the outlaw hot dogs uh, on Facebook. So I've, I've gone ahead and, uh, and joined up with, uh, with that group because one of the things that uh, our listeners can certainly count on us doing on Free Talk Live is doing whatever we can to support and, and get the word out about people who are in your position who have just gone ahead and done what it is they wanted to do without begging the government bureaucrats for permission, which essentially is an act of civil disobedience. I mean, did you realize that's what you were doing when you were putting your hot dog stand together and and heading out? Well, when I came to the decision that I was going to go into business anyway, despite their barriers to entry, um, I, I, I wasn't considering the act of civil obedience. I was considering that exercising my constitutional rights. And that was that trumped their petty bureaucratic mm. health regulations. It's supposed to be the um, highest course, law in the land, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly right. Now, I was, in, in, in the beginning, willing to get a permit, and I've still been trying to get them to inspect my cart. So every time the health 
inspectors come out to harass me, I always ask them to inspect my cart, which they refuse. And that's really the, the irony here because they claim that, oh, they're protecting the health and safety of the individuals, but they won't inspect my cart because I don't have a commissary agreement. I don't have a third-party agreement to present to them um, to lay at their feet so then, the, so because of that, they're not going to inspect my cart. But isn't the reason for their purpose the health and safety? And this, so this art, this whole thing of, That's a of going to point. court, going to jail, has never been about health and safety. It's nope. been about them, uh, uh, you know, using me as an example. It's about to obedience. What happens if you disobey the rules? Yep, that's what that's, that's what right. it always boils down to. It's about obedience. And that's really the ultimate law in this country is disobeying the men and women who claim that they are your servants. And uh, clearly they don't uh, they don't act that way. In fact, we've had uh, Kerry Paco Ellison on this show in the past. He's probably the most recent uh, disobedient f- uh, person. And it's sad that exercising your so-called constitutional rights has to be civil disobedience. But that's you know that's the day and age we live in. Uh, he was a bar owner down or is a bar owner in uh, in Charleston, West Virginia, who when they passed a smoking ban in that county, basically said, yeah, screw you, I'm going to keep allowing my customers to smoke. And, of course, they went after him and went after him and went after him, and he continued to uh, refuse to you know, bow down to these guys. Eventually, he did, uh, be, just because the pressure became too great, and you know, he was going to lose his liquor license and, and all of that, because you can only go so far with this. How long were you uh, operating the hot dog stand uh, before this zoning bureaucrat showed up? Oh, I was there for just a few weeks, and then it moved from there. I decided I, I found out about uh, my rights in the law and in the general session of the Constitution, and I also found out about uh, civil rights, federal civil rights violations. This USC, uh, 42 USC 1983, and it basically says that you can sue a local somebody is in the local government. Uh, state officials are held held with immunity, but local officials are not protected. They don't have immunity. You can sue them personally for violations of your civil rights, and sue them for damages and attorney fees. And in and in 1983, they changed the law so that you collect attorney fees to make it easier for people who have their civil rights violated to get attorney. And this this law has its genesis all the way back to the Ku Klux Klan Act back in the in it back goes. It dates all the way back to Reconstruction and the Civil War. It kept getting improving, but so I threatened. I put them on notice. I sent them an email saying I was putting them on notice that they violated my civil rights. If they continued to do so, I was going to sue them in federal court under this law. And after, and I had I had been to the city attorney and talked with them. I'd been to the people the zoning people and talked with them, trying to get them to understand that I have a civil right here mm-hmm. and that zoning rules. Is kind of sort of like saying, well, you can exercise your First Amendment right on this street corner, but you can't on that street corner. And I objected to that. Yeah. Well, after I sent up, after I put them on notice, that I was going to sue them in federal court. They became quiet as church mouse. Mm-hmm. And in fact, it was the zoning people who ratted me out to the health department, put the health department on me. Now, is the health department a state organization or the local boys? It's a state. It's a state organization. We have a Durham County Health Department. It's, it's part of the state health department. So it's a state. In that fact, it's a state organization. It's not a local. They have a local office. It's a Durham County, you know, health. It's a Durham County version, but it's it is a state office. So that means that uh, by the federal 1983 thing, that that you couldn't go after the health board then. Can go after them personally. I could still sue them in federal court and ask for injunctive relief. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
which is probably what I'm going to ha- eventually going to have to do. What's, what's that all that going to cost? cost? Yeah. <laughs> well, here's the, here's the other thing. It turns out you either need a whole lot of money or you need or no money. Yeah. The, the freest people in the land are people that have nothing. <laughs> they got nothing to lose. <laughs> because That's they true. can't take anything from you. Yep. And guess what? You can apply for everything. So since now I don't have an income thanks to the county of Durham, um, I am now indigent. Hmm. So I have zero income. And I don't qualify for unemployment because I was self-employed. Right. So I am now indigent, and that means I get to do it for free. Well, I, uh, I hope that uh, we'll be able to keep in touch with you and find out what goes on as this uh, this case develops, because you know it's it's just absolutely outrageous. And of course, this happens around the country where people are just intimidated by this system. They're so intimidated by it that in many cases they won't even bother starting whatever it is they want to do. I was looking at a, a website uh, yesterday, Etsy.com, which is a website where folks who are very creative can send or can sell their creations online to a, a vast audience of people that are looking to buy neat things. And they have these uh, blog posts about, you know, you quit your day job, tell us about it, basically, with, with questions about people who were working at some corporate job and then they quit and now they can create the things that they love to create and sell them on this website. And there was one answer, there was one question about what's the hardest thing about running your own business? And the answer was essentially dealing with the regulatory paperwork and jumping through these government hoops and filling out the, you know, the forms. And uh, the, the hardest thing about their business was dealing with the government. And I just, you have to think about how many people does that just dissuade from even starting anything in the first place? Uh, you can stick with us, right? Yes, I can. All right, more with Steve Printer here in moments. He's the man behind Outlaw Hot Dogs. If you've got a question for him, 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. Dearly beloved, we are here to gather here today to tell about the blessings of this podcast. This podcast is a verbal surgery. And let me tell you, when I ever go and listen to that podcast, I just feel a trembling, a trembling down in my soul, don't you know? A trembling that just wants to bubble up so that I just got to go out there and be listening to me some more. Yes, that podcast, some have called it special. I prefer to call it inspiring. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Just dial in toll-free. Take control of the airwaves. 800-259-9231. Though, if you've got a question for Steve Pruner from Outlaw Hot Dogs... He's with us, and your question will be given priority. Uh, so 800-259-9231. We talked about this story a couple days ago when it appeared on the front page of our website at freetalklive.com. Uh, this man, Stephen has, uh, or Steve rather, has been attacked by the local bureaucrats in the Durham, North Carolina area. They arrested him last week because he dared to operate his business without begging the government for a permission slip, which would have been next to impossible. He wasn't opposed necessarily to going and getting it, but it would have been next to impossible to actually acquire it. Uh, Because in order to sell hot dogs in Durham, North Carolina, on the street, you have to, or actually, excuse me, across North Carolina, you have to have some sort of link with an uh, officially sanctioned kitchen. So you'd have to go to a restaurant 
and basically ask them if it's all right if they sign on with you competing with them. And, of course, they'd probably want some money from you in order to do that. Or I guess the alternative would be to just create your own government-approved kitchen with all the $200,000 vent hoods or whatever mandates they require to make the uh, to make it just too difficult for the average person to actually do that kind of thing. Because that's the point of regulations is to price you and I out of business and keep the existing players in. We'll get back to Steve in a moment. How soon do you want to start teaching that child that's special to you about the ideas of liberty? I figured I couldn't start soon enough. An Island Called Liberty is a picture book for children, and I read it to my son Jack all the time. It's kind of like Ayn Rand meets Dr. Seuss. Its simple story, graceful rhymes, and beautiful illustrations on every page will make it one of any child's favorites. Go now to freemarketunderdog.com. See some samples there and order today. There's a 10% discount for listeners of Free Talk Live with the coupon code FTL. An Island Called Liberty at freemarketunderdog.com. All right, we're back with uh, Steve Printer And Steve, you were selling your hot dogs, uh, and you were selling it for a few, you know, a couple weeks, and then this zoning bureaucrat shows up. You were outside the Social Security office. Zoning bureaucrat shows up, starts threatening you over your signage. Not specifically that you were selling uh, without a permit, but uh, where you were placing your uh, your signage. And you just decided to say, screw this, and you went and you moved locations. And is, was that when you ended up outside the college? Well, I was I was never in front of the college. I've been the the best place I've been. My last spot I was in front of Duke Hospital in Durham, North Carolina. But I don't know I why I thought it was the college. Spot. I apologize. Yeah, I, I I have moved to another spot that actually I did better business there, and it wasn't long before the zoning people saw me again. And of course, now they jumped up their game and they're really mad at me because they're on again with my sign. And at that point, I just said, No, I'm not taking it down. And nice. it's my First Amendment right, and I'd researched some of the law about constitutional uh, free speech rights and, and commercial free speech rights, and I said, no, I'm not taking it down. This is my business. I'm not taking it down. So they decided to come out and actually cite me uh, on, with a civil citation that had a $500 fine. And when I got it in the mail, it wasn't about the sandwich sign. It was about now the rules have changed, and now it's about you're outside the downtown business district. I was evidently <laughs> located in a district that wasn't zoned for vending. We have not approved the business operations in this area. Sorry. <laughs> so, so, and, and so, uh, so I got that ticket, and it said in, on the, in the ticket in that the, the documentation that I could appeal to the board of appeal. And I go, okay, well, I'm going to appeal this. So I sat at home, and I typed up all the law and the, and the stuff, and oh, I made my little appeal. And I marched down to the to the city offices, and this is where the Board of Adjustment is. And I've come to find out the Board of Adjustment is just a, a bunch of city-appointed people that uh, discuss zoning issues. And, uh, and the kicker was uh, I filled out the form. I went there, and I said, I'm appealing this. I got this citation. I'd like to appeal it. And the gentleman does, says, well, do you have $675 for an application? <laughs> uh, and I said, what, $675 to appeal? Said, Where's the due process in that? Right, $675 to appeal a $500 ticket. Yep. Yes. And there was no due process there. So they're just going to take my money, and I'm, never, and I'm not going to go in front of a judge or anything. Right. They just write this ticket. So I decide, well, I'm not going to pay that. So I continued to sell my hot dogs just like I always did, and they showed up again. They wrote me another $500 ticket. Mm. Well, that's when I that's when I sent them notice that they were violating my civil rights and I was going to sue them in federal court. Got it. And it, it, it was about a week after that. It was I guess it was just a couple of days after I sent them that notice. 
you know, I didn't hear anything from them. From this, I haven't. I still to this day have not heard one more word about those two five hundred dollar tickets. I haven't heard one word from those, anybody in the zoning department. But about a few days after I sent that notice, and they laid off of me, the health inspector shows up at my card at that location and says, "Do you have a permit?" And I say, "No." Uh, I have the Constitution and the general statute. He said, well, you can't operate. You're going to have to close. Uh. You're going to have to shut down. I said, I don't think so. Would you mind moving out of the way? I'm trying to serve hot dogs here. So, <laughs> I would have loved to have seen video of this. Did you have a video camera with you? <laughs> no, I uh. didn't. But I continued to serve hot dogs. And then I, I had an opportunity to speak with the health inspector, you know, and I said, I, and, I, and he introduced his name, told me his name. I told him my name. I said, I look. I, I said, look, Mr. Myers, you know, I am trying to earn a living here. I am, you know, I am under the law. I have a right to work, and I'm exercising that right, and I don't really need your permission. Thanks, If you'd like to inspect my cart, if you'd like to inspect my cart, I would love to have you inspect my cart so I can get my health permit. And he said, no, we can't do that. You have to have a commissary. You have to apply. The There's paperwork that must be filed. Yeah, yeah. So here's the health department. Here's the health department. The supervisor of the health inspectors himself standing not one foot, not 12 inches away from my car, and his job is to protect the health and safety of the citizens of Durham. Nonsense. And yet, no, he's not going to inspect my car. It's not his job. Yeah, that's not what his job is. That's just the title. (laughs) His job job. is is a revenue collector for the, the bureaucracy. So, so they, so then it was, it was, uh, about, Four, three, four weeks later, almost a month later, I, I, this is like I'm in my fifth month of selling hot dogs, mm-hmm. moving up my customer base, and he shows, you know, he showed up a couple other times in between and says, you know, Steve, how far are you going to take this? And I said, well, I'm ready to go to court today. <laughs> and actually, when I was selling hot dogs, I went to work with two things, a, a writ of habeas corpus already typed out, ready to go, and a handcuff key on my chef's coat. <laughs> so that was... <laughs> hey, Steve, when did you... Went, uh, quick question... Uh, when did you decide to change the name of your business to Outlaw Hot Dogs? Because that wasn't what it was initially, right? After, no, it was called Dogs Gone Wild. And I, I changed the name to Outlaw Hot Dogs uh, at my last location <laughs> after the, the state the, the state decided to sue me in Superior Court, in Civil Superior Court, to have me declared. They were seeking an injunction to have me declared a public health hazard to the citizens of Durham wow. County. and. In their complaint, they had mentioned they had observed me on three separate occasions vending hot dogs, but nowhere in their claim had they ever alleged anywhere, nor have they alleged to this day in either their statements to the press or in their their legal documents, that I was doing anything that was unhealthy or unsanitary or had food that was unhealthy or unsanitary. Well, they were hot dogs. (laughs) Yeah, they were hot well, it, the main complaint is, is I was operating without a license. Yep, sure. And therefore, it, it said in the complaint, it said, under these circumstances, Mr. Pruner is a health hazard to the to the public, the citizens of Durham County. The only and hazard to the, the, the yeah, the only hazard to the people of Durham of County are the government bureaucrats. They're the hazard. That's exactly right. So I was trying, they were trying to have me declared a public health hazard because I didn't have two pieces of paper. Heck with what food I was serving. They didn't really even care. Yep. They never, they never looked at it. They never said anything about my service. They never said anything about my food. 
all the meantime, I'm developing a pretty loyal customer base. You know, now, and my business is getting better, and you know, I'm liking my business. And then, yeah, how- and people people love an underdog. I mean, and a story like this really brings, uh, you know, really brings people over to your side. Now, uh, how far are we away from the actual arrest? Was that shortly thereafter? I was arrested uh, a week ago when last Wednesday on October the twenty seventh. Let's talk about arrested. that coming up here. Uh, one more segment, if you if you can uh, stick with us, Steve. Yeah, I can stick All with right, you. Great, Steve Pruner is here. He is the man behind Outlaw Hot Dogs in Durham, North Carolina, or what was formerly Outlaw Hot Dogs. Who knows if he's going to hit the streets again? We haven't asked him that one yet. Uh, but they actually arrested him over selling people food that they were consenting to buying for months. More coming up. You can take control. This is Free Talk Live. Parents of America, beware. The nefarious brigands known as Yerkish are now offering a free download of their so-called music at yerkish.com slash FTL. That's Y-E-R-K-I-S-H dot com slash FTL. Be warned. Exposure to this addictive, mind-altering rock and roll has been shown to cause frustration, damnation, even sexual deviance. So fathers, lock up your daughters. Mothers, cover your sons' ears and do whatever it takes to keep them away from yerkish.com slash FTL. Dial in toll-free and take control of the airwaves. 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. Questions for our special guest here this hour, Steve Printer from Outlaw Hot Dogs, will be given priority. In fact, we're going to go to your calls here in a moment. Also want to make sure to remind you that you know about the Free State Project, because if you are as sick and tired of being obedient as I am, if you're tired of these government bureaucrats ruling your life and telling you how to live your life and what you can do and what you can't do and how much money that you've earned that you have to pay to them in order to just you know have the privilege, apparently, of, of working and making a living, yeah, of, of, of creating a product and service and putting it out in the marketplace, and you're sick and tired of the constant uh, interference in your life by these government people and you want to do something about it, well, join the Free State Project. If you love liberty and you understand what it means to be free, that uh, the idea is that you have to let other people who maybe you might disagree with be free and make choices for themselves that you might not make so you can make your own choices and, and uh, you know, honor your neighbor's choice, basically. If you get that, then go to freestateproject.org, get signed up. Join up with the Free State Project. Make the move here to New Hampshire because people who are willing to be disobedient and people that are also working inside the system are here and they're getting things done. And it's it's only just started. We've only just really begun on this road to uh, to liberty. And it's it's very exciting. Some wonderful election returns this week up here in New Hampshire. Uh, tomorrow, Huge victories. There's, tomorrow there's going to be a major civil disobedience event at the State House, uh, 420 events. And so there's so much activism happening up here. Go to freestateproject.org, get signed up, and then join up with the next 1,000 uh, pledge. If you're planning on being here by the end of 2011, you can go to pledgebank.com slash next 1,000 to get signed up for that. As we go back with uh, Steve Printer in uh, Durham, North Carolina, He's the man behind Outlaw Hot Dogs who uh, decided that he was just going to go ahead and do his business without begging government bureaucrats and and bribing them uh, for permission in order to do that. Because there in North Carolina, in order to sell something on the streets, like uh, as a hot dog vendor, you've got to have, according to their rules, you you must have a permission slip that uh, shows that you're aligned with an existing government-approved kitchen, which makes it even even the more difficult for the average person to jump into the simple business of doing hot dog sales. I mean, it's not a huge investment to get a hot dog cart is it steve 
No, it's not. It's it's a it's a low capital investment. It was during my I, I did have a hearing this last Tuesday, coincidentally on election day, November the second was was finally heard in court. It was kind of a little surprise on my part, but uh, I just said to myself, well, and one of the arguments that the attorney for the plaintiff, who was the health department, um, used, well, this is not preventing him from you know, getting a business, he could do something else. And another argument was, well, he does, it's not a stranger. He could go out and get his own restaurant. Right. So that, uh, yeah, yeah, I could get my, I could buy a restaurant so I would have a, uh, so you can have a hot dog cart. <laughs> you, yeah. you can go build an entire professional kitchen with all the stupid regulations they put on that just so you can have a hot dog cart out. Uh, I'll tell you what, I want to get to the phone uh, phone call here because D's been waiting patiently. As I think he's got a question. D, in, also in North Carolina, you're on with Steve Pruner from Outlaw Hot Dogs. Hey, guys. Uh, this is D Randall, and I'm in Raleigh. And, um, Steve, I actually uh, submitted the story to Free Talk Live because I heard it on Rick and Donna's show one morning. And uh, I'm really proud of what you've done, man. I want to find out what we can do to support you. And I've got a couple ideas if you want them. Um, Good question. I'm really really more interested, I guess, in kind of networking together with people like Steve because I'm running uh, basically a black market business myself and have been for years. And uh, I'm just tired of seeing people that want to work and have skills be afraid to even apply those things because of the, uh, the bureaucrats. You know, like when are you going to court and stuff like that? We should get some people together and, and kind of support you. Well, I've been to court. I was in court this last Tuesday. Um, the judge didn't happen to see that the, the commissary agreement was an undue, um, an undue restriction, although he did agree with me about the law that we do have a right to work in the state of North Carolina since that's what the law says. <laughs> um, he did agree with that, but he just didn't agree that the commissary agreement was an undue restriction. So I actually lost in court. They, they, they are signing an order to enjoin me from operating my car, hot dog cart until I comply with the law. So the, the state is saying, you know, I, they're bending my arm behind my back and asking me to say uncle. Okay, well, let me ask you this. If, if you have enough people supporting what you're doing, what if one of us took the card out there and we said, look, we're giving these hot dogs away. We're not selling them. And people could make donations to outlaw hot dogs, uh, legal defense, have a little jar there. Well, you get more money there than you would selling the hot dogs. That's and they right. couldn't that's do a thing about it because the law probably says you can't sell hot dogs. Is there a law against yeah, giving yeah. away hot dogs? Well, the other fact there is. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, my God. So I, <laughs> even, what if you're a charity? <laughs> hey, Steve. <laughs> you know? Steve, uh, did they take the hot dog cart when they arrested you? No, my brother was there, and they they uh, allowed him to take it. I don't know. I think they didn't know what they what yeah. he was going to do with it anyway, so they didn't take it. But I still have it, and I and but it it says that I'm not to operate a cart. Right. Hey, we could pass that baby around from one day to the next and give you the money, man, so you could pay the bills for yeah. this. We could donate a day at a time, you know, different people. We just have volunteer operators. If I had, yeah, man, I'll come out there for like three or four hours and run that cart for that you. That is fantastic. Like you this and, is what uh, happens when you go to pay your lawyers. This is what happens when you get people yeah, that love uh, freedom together. They start brainstorming. They create new ideas. You know, it might, if I might make a suggestion here, uh, since Steve doesn't have a website per se, there is the supporters of Outlaw Hot Dogs group on Facebook. Uh, it's actually Facebook. Uh, yeah, if you just search for supporters of Outlaw Hot Dogs on Facebook, it'll come up. Uh, D, are you over there? Are you one of the supporters there? 
Yeah, I'm, well, I'm not on Facebook, but okay. I'm, I'm real close to uh, where might, he lives. You might want to get on Facebook. There's, uh, you know, on Facebook they've got a discussion section, so that might be a way to kind of, you know, get folks talking about uh, about this and and share information and, and and you know come up with a plan and and get yeah, together. Yeah, because I mean I'm big into civil disobedience. I'm actually going to be uh, featured this week on Mark Stevens' site for some a crime spree that my wife and I had this weekend. Oh, good lord, fantastic! So, yeah. I look forward <laughs> yeah, to it. Yeah, we do all kinds of things. D, I would suggest that's where you go. I can see that Steve is a member of the supporters of Outlaw Hot Dog, so that'd be a good way for the two of you to uh, to link hey. up. And uh, I thank you for the yeah. call tonight, D. Okay, Appreciate buddy. hearing from you. Uh, you so, bet. so Steve, you've uh, you've been to court. They they slapped you down. Uh, they thankfully did not take. I was one of my main questions. I was worried about your equipment, and they didn't take your equipment. So that's good. So uh, so there's still some possibility here, especially if you get folks that are willing to step up and and kind of support you and and actually continue the disobedience in your name uh, without you actually being physically present. I think that's a pretty neat idea. Yeah, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to work because I'm down to my last seventy bucks here. So I have to work, mm-hmm. and the state has not. The state hasn't mailed me any kind of check. You know, <laughs> I, I've been looking in my mailbox since they fired me for my severance pay or my unemployment. I haven't gotten anything from the state so far. Strangely, they haven't gotten to that huh, yet. So, guys, do you have any other questions for Steve while we've got him here? No, I just, I just want to say, Steve, you know, thanks for doing this this heroic thing. Thanks for t- looking up these laws because it's not easy, uh, you know, pouring through these law books. You've been articulate in the way you've uh, expressed this stuff, and I think you've given other people hope. I think so, and I think that uh, that what you've done, Steve, hopefully will inspire others, give them more than hope, give them inspiration to step forth and actually do what they want to do without asking government. Uh, permission first because if we really are free people and i don't think we are uh, but if we really are free people we have to act like it and we have to not uh, beg and not obey and i think that's so important for us to uh, to, to, to think about and and it's shining examples like you that uh, that give people the inspiration i think need. we really are free i just don't think the government believes it <laughs> well the only way they'll be- they believe it is if people start acting like it though right any final right. comments? And, and, and rights, yes, rights not acted on are not rights at all. If there's any, if there's any attorneys out there in North Carolina that that are freedom loving attorneys, the, the appellate process, which I'm about to enter right now, is much more difficult than than the civil court process because you have to have all your your, your eyes dotted and your T's crossed. So it's much more precise. So I could use some legal help. Uh, navigating through the appellate court. But I am going to be filing my notice of appeal tomorrow in the civil court, uh, in Superior Court tomorrow, my notice of appeal. I am going to appeal this, and I am willing to take this all the way up to the North Carolina, at least the North Carolina State Supreme Court, because the law, anybody that can understand the the words uh, undue restriction or coercion can, can read the law simply says that the right to work shall be protected and maintained free from undue restriction and coercion. That's our, that's our statutory and constitutional right here in the state of North Carolina. Steve, I wish you uh, the best of luck on this, and hopefully we'll be able to stay in touch and kind of find out what uh, continues to develop with your situation. Yeah, we'd love to. Because, honestly, there, are just, there aren't enough people like you out there. I mean, we can count them on one hand, the amount of folks that we've had the uh, the opportunity to speak with that have done what you've done, and that is just stood up for their freedom and, and acted like a free person. And I thank you for your time tonight. Thank you. Appreciate it. That's uh, Steve Pruner from Outlaw Hot Dogs. You can go and uh, join up with the Facebook group supporters of Outlaw Hot Dogs. And, of course, we'll do our best to keep in the loop as to uh, to what develops. So uh, 
Thanks, Steve. More coming up. Hour 3 is next. Of course, open phones as things normally are on Free Talk Live. We'll uh, get to your thoughts on what you want coming up next. This is Free Talk Live. Attention, all active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public, like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. On your feet! And get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. varadio.com. Take control of the airwaves by dialing in toll-free. Bring up whatever's on your mind. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's 1-800-259-9231. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there on the site are completely free. So do enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Sean. And Mark. And, of course, uh, we normally allow anybody to call in and talk about anything. For the first couple hours, though, we are booked up with a couple of interesting folks. So now it is open to you to bring up anything. So we go to the phones and to the fun. To start out, we go to Matt in Virginia on the amp lines. Hello, Matt. Matt in Virginia. I know there's someone there. It sounds like there's someone there. Hey, you're on the air. Oh, uh, it's Matt in Washington, but Drat. okay. Sorry uh, about that. Not a problem. Um, yeah, so I want to talk about voting. Um, All right, sure. Yeah, I I think uh, you guys have spent a lot of time on it, but um, the arguments you guys have been marshalling uh, in favor of it or against it are sort of the wrong arguments, I think, and are kind of straw men. Like, there's this idea that it doesn't matter because your vote might not count, okay? Like, it might not matter. You know, you're just one vote out of millions of votes. Okay, that's fine. That's not a strong argument. Um, or also that you might be forced to vote for bad people, you know, picking the lesser of the two evils. That's also an argument, but not one that's not very persuasive. Um, the thing that I think is the big deal is that uh, when you vote, you are endorsing the idea of mob rule, of uh, the many deciding what's moral versus the few no, uh, I'm not. The system that's not based on the That's your assertion, but you have no evidence right. for that's, it. That's an assertion that you can't back up, and it's really the, it's the weak point in this argument for not voting, is that you say that's true, and I can see how you come to that conclusion, but there's really no evidence for it. I don't feel that way. But by participating, you're, you're, you're consenting to... This this uh, system you're no, saying that you no, I'm not. by the rules of the game. Well, it, it doesn't. Okay, <laughs> okay, I'm not consenting because I don't give my consent. I don't play by the rules, but yet I've still um, voted. Okay, so the so the thing is, for me, I feel like if you vote, 
um, you're saying that you think it's okay for candidates to run and to seek the approval of people and then to have some sort of sovereignty That's your feeling, from... but it's not my feeling, right? You may feel that way, but I don't feel that way. I feel like by voting that I'm doing something to attempt to minimize the damage that's being done to folks. That's how I feel. So are your feelings more valid than mine? No, no. I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to change your opinion. I'm just trying to sort of get this out there. Um, no, you're not trying to change my opinion. You're trying to put your thoughts out and, you know, as though they're somehow, um, you know, more appropriate than, than where we're coming from. And all, all I'm saying is all of this is just based on how we feel, right? Um, I mean, for me, it's, it's more of a moral question. Um, I, I don't feel comfortable voting, uh, you know. And the then you shouldn't. The question I would ask you guys is, if you vote, you know, let's say you vote for a candidate who's totally anti-war, but a candidate who's very pro-war wins. Okay. Um, do you do you feel like the blood is on your hands then if that pro-war candidate helps to declare war because you basically took took part in a game in a contest um, where you said that he legitimately had the right to be part of that contest that you know, he had the right to. No, I, same, I didn't. Uh, I didn't take part. I, you know, when you say I took part in that contest, that contest was happening. And the results were going to be the results whether I participated or not. That's true. So the blood isn't on my hands or off my hands. It's it's um, if you consider the gov- government to be a weapon, um, a weapon that's employed by the pe- people that managed to get the most amount of votes, then it, it's kind of like two guys in a room battling over a gun. The simple fact that I may or may not own a handgun does not mean that I endorse shooting my neighbor in the head. But that's what one of these guys will do if they get the gun. So getting the gun and preventing that guy from shooting somebody in the head is not in and of itself a violent act. Uh, that's a fair point, I guess. Um, there was a thing that uh, I think it was Tuesday or Wednesday night. Um, you guys mentioned that you think that uh, uh, politics is kind of like rape or the government's kind of like rape and that if you vote, I did not say that. To stop. That was oh, not well, my okay, that was not my example. It, it, it uh, may have been a guest host. I'm sorry. But or someone that called in. But um, yeah, I object. To, I object to the, calling politics rape because I think it's an insult to uh, to women that have been raped. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't like using the word either. It's loaded. Well, but um, there's this idea of you know voting is asking the rapist to stop, whereas not voting is is doing nothing. But to me, it seems like voting would actually be asking the, the criminal to take advantage of you in a different way. You know, you're not saying the criminal has no right to take advantage of you. You're just asking him to do it in a different way. Um, what do you guys think about that? I, I it doesn't I, I guess that just doesn't you know mean much to me when when you say it I I don't think that um I don't think that you know may, politicians think all kinds of things about themselves when they get elected okay and there's really nothing you can do about that whether you vote or not because the politicians that won yesterday or the day before don't care whether you voted or not and they don't care whether I voted or not they just don't care and they're, they're going do to they're do, do what they're going to do, and your voting doesn't have anything to do with whether they do it or not. If everyone and if, stays home, if then... everybody say that's the stu- that's the stupid point. If everybody, if you if you think that you're going to cause more people to stay home, really, what's the point in that? If you can get the voting down to one percent, it's already a minority of people vote. A minority of a minority. Right, usually- which means that since the beginning of the country, and I'm just going to assume that's been a minority all along, uh, the beginning of the country, uh, you know, let's say a minority of people have, vote, uh, have uh, voted, that means the majority of people haven't voted, and we still have what we have. So voting or not voting, 
is a largely pointless activity. Talking it's about voting, uh, talking about not voting is talk talking about, about something that is not pointless. That is pointless. It's pointless, yeah. So if you want to do something for liberty, please go do that thing for liberty. But don't think that voting or not voting does anything for liberty. No, no, it's not really about limit. I mean, I guess I have some hope that maybe if if few enough people voted, you know, obviously, like, you guys brought up the points of there have been cases where no one's voted and government still goes on the next day. That's right. But those have happened in isolated cases so far. What if it happened on, on, on some sort of national scale? It's not going to. Okay. It's right. a fantasy, dude. Stop, to ask, stop asking yourself silly, silly things, okay? That's what, a what would happen fantasy. if you shot rose petals out of your butt? You'd be a potpourri pot. I mean, you know, that's, that, it doesn't matter about what if, because you're never, ever, ever going to get the numbers down to zero. And here's why. If, if what it takes to get to liberty is getting the amount of people that vote down to zero, you might as well forget about liberty and think about something else, cars yep. or girls or, or pinball machines or something, because that's, that is a... Absurd. Absolutely crazy thing to uh, to consider. Here's the reason why that will never happen, uh, and it's because the people that are in the, you know incentivized by the system to participate in the voting process, namely the government bureaucrats and their family members, are sure as hell not going to be persuaded by any of your uh, your arguments or any of your logic or uh, your emotional right. appeals to if emotion. If I could vote and, and go get a pay, uh, get paid eighty thousand dollars a year just for going and voting, you might see me out there voting just to get that just to perpetuate the system because people can be paid off and that's all there is to it so i mean voting has nothing really to do with liberty but well okay mark maybe that's true you can vote against liberty but you know this i guess not voting is is not is not any is nothing you're not going to don't break your arm patting yourself on the back for this this uh activity you're not voting is not going to advance freedom i'm not i'm not trying to and I guess you guys do make a good point about how in a country of this size, or really in any country, I guess, that, that has this kind of system, the people that are self-interested are always going to vote, and it, it's never really going to change. So, um, I mean, I, I, would, I would hope to uh, leave this country, you know, to, to do what you guys talk about, the Free State Project, that kind of thing, break off and have my own community of people that think like me. Um, yeah, come here and find five, find 5% of the people to stop paying property taxes. Then you'll have a real you know, change on right. your hands. Instead of getting 100% of the people yeah. not to vote, try to get, uh, you know, try to get 1% of a given population in a, oh, in a town to not pay taxes, uh, property taxes. And I think you'll have done something amazing. And, yeah, well, and if you do it in a state where people are um, actually talking about liberty, then you might have a better shot. Wherever you are, it's unlikely. Matt, final thoughts? Um, yeah, just, yeah, I, I just want to do the least damage to my conscience in the meantime until I can secede. So then don't vote. I'm doing where I am. There don't. you go. Thanks for the call. Appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. If it hurts you to do it, you shouldn't do it. Uh, you can bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. Do you have a product or service that you can sell to a national audience? Free Talk Live is a nationally syndicated talk show on more than 80 talk radio stations from Alaska to Florida. We've been named Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list. That's the 100 most important radio talk shows in the nation twice. And the number one political podcast on podcastawards.com four out of the last five years. You can have access to our 80 plus stations and our large and loyal podcast audience for as little as $500 a month. Contact me, Mark, at freetalklive.com.
up whatever you want. Just dial in toll-free and take control of the airwaves. 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI. It's 1-800-259-9231. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features there are completely free, including our webcam. You can watch, you can listen, you can interact, because our chat room is built into the very same page at cam.freetalklive.com. You can get over there and enjoy all that free, cam.freetalklive.com. Oh, and cam- it's brought to you by, sorry. That's right. The cam is brought to you by Memory Dealers. It's your trust, They're your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs. They offer the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers that are 100% compatible with all major networking equip- equipment manufacturers. At up to 99% off uh, off of the list price, Memory Dealers is also offers customized solutions for your transceiver requirements, including private labeling. In stock, ready to ship, via overnight delivery, MemoryDealers.com. Now, Sean, you sat uh, quietly through that voting discussion, and I know that you've got feelings about voting. Uh, maybe more aligned with Matt than, uh, than Mark and myself. I, I voted for all the candidates I support in this last election, which was zero. Had there been a candidate I could really get behind, I'd have gone out to vote. So you don't have a uh, you know, moral qualm about uh, engaging in that process? You don't feel as though it legitimizes the system, etc.? No, no I, I will not vote for the lesser of two evils again because mm-hmm. I'm not going to vote for someone I consider to be evil. So- However, a, a, if somebody is out running, uh, such as Andrew Carroll, who was running here in Keene... A local Free State Project a participant. A local FSP member, yeah. Um, I would have gone out to vote for him but he was not running in an area where uh, in the area where i I wrote him in i knew it wouldn't do anything but what the heck (laughs) you know it's it's one thing to have a threshold of what who you can vote for who you can't because i've found that everybody has this i think my threshold among the three here is probably the lowest lowest, um of the three i'm willing to vote for a candidate that i consider to be you know maybe 80 percent pro-liberty as opposed to you know, Ian, maybe maybe you're ninety ninety five. Uh, no, I have to admit, Mark, this uh, you know I did vote against some people this time around. Well, sometimes that's you know sometimes that that's... like they weren't in any. I don't wouldn't know what the percentage of the person like in the the sheriff's race. I don't know what the percentage of that guy is. I don't yeah. even know the guy that I voted for. All I know is I don't know him, and he's. And I don't incumbent. like the other guy, <laughs> and he's the incumbent. And I figure if he if I don't know him and he's the incumbent, then he couldn't be too terrible, right? Because if he was a terrible sheriff like Joe Arpaio, <laughs> I'd have heard something. But I hadn't heard anything about him, so I figured keep the the guy I know is uh, is bad news out. Well, so I don't know. Maybe I'm not that high up on that and, list. And, anyway. Well, the reason you went was because of I I don't know I don't know which uh, I mean you probably went to the polls for a particular uh, you know ballot initiative and a particular you know race that's going on, and then you voted for whomever you voted for once you got there. Yeah, maybe. Uh, maybe the sheriff's race. The sheriff one was important for, to me, too, yeah. and I went and voted for the, exactly the same reason you did. I, I found uh, the guy who's running from the Democrat side to, you know, he, he bothers me. Maybe I'm wrong. You know, maybe maybe I'm wrong about the guy, but uh, the evidence that I've seen up to this point, it's limited, uh, is that, you know, he's got an anger management issue. And... And you can relate, <laughs> right? I I don't want I don't want me as uh, as, <laughs> as a guy with uh, holding a gun on somebody else either, if, especially yeah. if they've done something to make me angry. So 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. In fact, Sean, you brought something in tonight to discuss that was pretty shocking, I guess, the news. I saw the headline, but I didn't get into the details on it, where I guess the Obama has ordered warships into India. What's yeah, going yeah on? the White House has decided to invade India. This is uh, from the uh, Center for a Stateless Society. Uh, President Obama is going to India with some corporate leaders, and he's bringing an armada with him. 
The Press Trust of India reports that jets, helicopters, more than 40 vehicles, and 34 U.S. warships, including an aircraft carrier, will be in the hands of the President's Guard Force. Over 800 hotel rooms have been booked for the occasion. American security... He couldn't possibly sleep on the aircraft carrier, right? <laughs> Has to be... In a hotel. 800 hotel rooms. You know, this is the same president that wants to force everybody to use fewer carbon credits. He brings an armada with him. Not one aircraft carrier, but it has to be a carrier group. Wow. Well, it's my understanding that under Navy protocol, those carriers don't sail alone because they're too vulnerable to all the other navies out there. Which ones would those be? (laughs) (laughs) Apparently, India's Navy. Somalian pirates? I mean, the, there's no one out there to compete with the U.S. Navy as far as controlling the sea. Yeah. And the, uh, apparently hundreds of uh, security personnel will be involved. Uh, from the state's point of view, Obama... They should have just done it at Ordos. I mean, like we talked about last night, this uh, Chinese city where there's nobody there. I, I don't know if you heard that part of the show, Sean. But, uh, no, uh, I missed the show They last built night. a brand new city uh, about 15 miles away from an existing city. Actually, the existing city is called Ordos. They've got a new name for Neo-Ordos. But they built this city that essentially they created billions upon billions of dollars worth of infrastructure, and there's not anybody living there. Sounds so, like central planning. Yeah, yeah. It's a really, like I said last night, a monument to the failure of central planning and, and, uh, and malinvestment. It's an amazing story, and you can listen to last night's show, too, to get details on it. But uh, maybe they should have gone there. Then there would have been nobody around to be afraid of because <laughs> there's only government bureaucrats that, uh, you that know, work there. I really want to stress the hubris in this. To go to in to, to be a president who's you know for uh, ecology or whatever, and when you go someplace to bring a carrier group with you. This is nothing like Al Gore flying a Learjet into Denmark for the uh, yeah. the global warming convention. This guy who would who would have if he had had the opportunity. Signed a bill that would have put an additional carbon tax on every American, every you know everybody who does business with Americans. He took a carrier group to another country. It's just sick. Well, the good news is the carrier itself was probably nuclear powered, but all those other ships still run on oil. What uh, when you look at this is the purpose of this for protection? Is that why he did this? That's the official story. Is is they are there to provide a guard force for the president of the United States? Wow, all of that for one man. Well, he, he's, he's important, just, you know. He's the commander in chief of the most powerful military on the planet, and maybe somebody wants to, I don't know, take him out. I really I'm sure know. that's true. Think but that's they, a bad idea. Does he go, right? But does he go everywhere with this now, or is it just to India? I mean, is he going to start showing up with an entire armada to every single country right. he goes to? I, I guess I wonder that because it, the politicians never stop with their entourage, right? I, I, I mean, what's it what's it going to be like this time? You mean the next time? Yeah, the next time. I mean, <laughs> could, wouldn't it be have been easier for the Indian president to come to the United States? By the way, I mean, the Indian president probably wouldn't have brought his own armada. Probably not. I don't think he has one. Right? It wouldn't have made it. <laughs> God. Wow, it's amazing. Was there more that you wanted to share from this? Is that pretty much the story? Uh, that's pretty much the bulk of it. I mean, taxpayers are going to be paying for this one. Uh, 34 warships. And, Good of course, 34 Lord. warships come with thousands and thousands of sailors Yeah, that have to be paid. Oh, well, they're already being paid. Well, yeah, they're already going to be paid, but that's just one extra duty for them. Is Yeah, you're going to sail to India and, and stay out at sea while the president goes inside and talks about... 
who knows what. Yeah, how protected was he there? I mean, what's the what is the big deal? Did he actually? He was in the hotel, wasn't he? Right. Didn't he fly over there? So all of these ships had to sail over so they could sit in the the bay or wherever the wherever it is. That, that this they is sat just in? you know just an opportunity to sh- look at my big old navy. It's despicable. 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up whatever you want. Take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want. Just dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. 1-800-259-9231. Speaking of SACL CAI, what is that, Mark? SACL CAI is a company that uh, does collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. Among uh, other things, they'll also do just about anything that has to do with telephony for you. So whether it's uh, a political campaign or some kind of uh, need to either do robocalls or live person calls to, uh, to folks, SACL CAI can handle it. And uh, Jason Osborne, their principal over there, is a big supporter of the show. Go check out their banner at freetalklive.com. It's the top one on the right-hand side. All right. As always, we will take your calls about what you want. You dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. I also invite you to our website, and you there can get interactive in various different ways with the program, including getting news updates to find out what's going on with Free Talk Live. Go to news.freetalklive.com. You can follow us via email, Twitter, or Facebook. You sign up for the one that works best for you, or more than one if you'd like. Uh, news.freetalklive.com. Joining you in the studio tonight, it's Ian. And Sean. And Mark. So, some interesting uh, technology news here. Scientists unveil moving 3D holograms. FT, the Financial Times, FT.com. I was actually just la- last night looking at a, There's another story in the news about how a 3D printer has been used to print a car. And the car works. Oh, my God. Wow. It's just the replicators are here, ladies and gentlemen. Wow! It, we, the time is well, upon now, us. Right now, now all that matters at this point, if you know, once you've got the technology and and it happens, it's only a matter of uh, it getting you know making it its way down to the average person's hands. Yeah, you know, the first flat screen TVs were ten thousand dollars, multiple tens of thousands. Of yeah, dollars. now you're gonna get now you can get them for. You know, under depend, a grand. Depending, yeah, depending on the size of it, you'd, but you can get a, a nice big one for under a grand. Yep. So, uh, so it's kind of in the related world of 3D because 3D printing is is pretty interesting. I don't know a whole lot about. it. I was doing some basic research on it last night, but it's it's early on in the 3D printing uh, process. Sure, sure. But nonetheless, it's pretty uh, pretty impressive. One of the points that was ma- they were making of the Wikipedia article about it is that now with a 3D printer, a company that, for instance, is going to manufacture a product that will need to be mass manufactured can come up with prototypes without having to contract out the prototype. So right now, if you want to come up with a prototype to present to the board to talk about what kind of features it has and all that, you've got to hire a company to create that prototype sure. for you. Now you can get a 3D printer and just 
Print it out right there in the office. You got something wrong with it? Change it. Print out another one. Well, it's yeah. uh, it's amazing. In in a lot of ways, this uh, really changes the uh, it changes the dy- dynamics of the whole world in, in many it, ways. Yeah, in many ways, because many most of the conflicts that you deal with is an issue of lack and want, and um, people people believing that they can't get what it is that they want in order to make things work. And certainly, there's still the issue of energy, and that's probably the uh, the central crux of it. I think that I think at some point we're going to take care of that issue, but that's just you know it's it's my belief. But now you've got something that can print, uh, create a working car. Um, you know that's for, the claim. That's, so you know now now you have unlimited capital, as it were. I mean, unlimited things. It can, I think to point point of clarification, I think they printed the panels and like they printed the the parts. All the parts of the car were printed, um, and then somebody put them together. Well. I, you know, Still, that's an incredible achievement. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. So here's another one for you, uh, FT.com. There is another project out there called, uh, I think, RepRap. I'm not sure of the website, but basically it's a 3D printer that the eventual goal is to make it so it can print a 100% copy of itself. Oh, so then wow. you can print, take your printer, print a printer for your buddy, and both of you can start printing out whatever <laughs> oh, whatever, whatever products you want. Yeah. So at this point, all you're talking about was whatever it is that the printer uses to make whatever it is that it makes. And I don't know what that goop must be. Oh, but if only intellectual property laws could be thrown out before these things really start to take hold, because that's going to become a problem. I mean, with the with the, the government guys no, are going to try to. Come it's going to be the same kind of problem that there is in uh, replicating music, which yeah, means true. that yeah. one out of every ten thousand uh, you know songs that somebody uh, please one out of hundreds of thousands of uh, songs that are shared there might be a problem with. So one out of hundreds of thousands of things that are done. This is just it's beyond the scope of the music industry. It'll be beyond the scope of intellectual property laws. I and hope so. It'll make the government that less relevant. Well, yeah, and, and the RepRap project is completely open source. Hardware, oh, even so. better. It, it, it can't be dealt that's, with that way. It solves that problem then. Fantastic. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how these develop. But there's other 3D-related news. More than 30 years after the famous Star Wars movie scene in which a hologram of Princess Leia appears to uh, help from Obi... Uh, appeals, rather, for help uh, for, from Obi-Wan Kenobi, U.S. researchers have unveiled holographic technology to transmit and view moving three-dimensional images. The scientists at the University of Arizona say their prototype holographic three-dimensional telepresence is the world's first practical 3D transmission system that works without requiring viewers to wear special glasses or other devices. Wow. The research is published in the journal Nature. Potential applications range from telemedicine and teleconferencing to mass entertainment. Project leader says holographic telepresence means we can record a three-dimensional image in one location and show it in another location in real time anywhere in the world. Existing 3D projection systems produce either static holograms with excellent depth and resolution but no movement, or stereoscopic films such as Avatar, which give the perspective from one viewpoint only and do not allow the viewer to walk around the image. The new technology combines motion with an impression of genuine solidity. Hmm. The heart of the system is a new photographic polymer developed by research labs of Nitodenko, the Japanese electronics materials company. A 3D image is recorded with an array of cameras capturing the object from different positions and is then encoded digitally in a fast-pulsed laser beam which creates holographic pixels or hogles in the polymer. The image itself results from an optical interference pattern between two laser beams. Get that? 
I didn't, but it sounds interesting. Uh, it makes uh, sense. I mean, it, it it makes sense, I suppose. The I, prototype device has a 10-inch monochrome viewing screen, and the picture refreshes every two seconds, much too slow to convey natural movement. So it's kind of crappy right out the gate, but give them five years, and uh, before yeah, you know it. The first telephones were horrible, and long distance was incredibly bad quality and now we've got the internet thank you it's taken care of the researchers are confident that now that they've proved the concept it'll be possible to develop a full color system large enough to capture the human body and fast enough to give smooth movements one of the professors said it would take at least seven to ten years work before a consumer version of the system was ready to test in people's homes the technology is insensitive to vibration and could be used in noisy industrial environments for product design manufacturing telemedicine especially for brain surgery is another application put forward in the nature paper surgeons at different locations around the world could use the technique to observe in three dimensions in real time and to participate That's in huge. the surgical procedure you know I, I i can totally get how you would want to see some other brain surgeon do something new and different before you went at, went ahead and mm-hmm. did it even if you could read the stuff and and or watch it on video i'd want to be even closer well and it they're, they're developing this obviously as a live kind of application, but there's no reason why they won't figure out a way to record the data and then play it back later. So it won't have to be uh, viewed live. They'll be able to record these guys doing this brain surgery and yeah. then in classrooms sure. yeah. and in other places, they'll be able to pull up, you know, the best brain surgeon in the world and yep. full, Here, take full a look. color, high resolution or high, I guess resolution may not be the new word, hogel, hogelution, <laughs> <laughs> not pixels anymore. They're hogels, the holographic equivalent of, uh, of a pixel. Uh, so pretty exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, it's amazing. <laughs> wow. Yeah, this is, this is amazing stuff. I, um, as far as telemedicine, uh, you could have five different brain surgeons collaborating in real time on exactly what, what should be done next, mm-hmm. all looking at the same patient's brain, but only one of them actually doing the operation. Yep. It's amazing. So just thought I'd share that with you as like one of those exciting, here we are, <laughs> it's 2010, and this is happening. Yeah, 3D I mean, printing, uh, replicate essentially replicator machines, 3D holographs being pr- uh, transmitted well, from point A to point B. Think about this. That, that, that I print, want my teleporter. That printer that can print itself car. and print everything else. I don't think tele... I don't know. I can hardly imagine teleporters as being a, a reality, but whatever. It could be possible that they could fold the dimensions or something and make that... Make, make that happen. It's beyond me. But when these printers can print anything, then they can print giant solar cells. Then, uh, you know, then you create your very own energy from the sun, or they uh, or they do uh, wind, or they do wave, um, you know, things that work on the oceans of the wave. Then you're creating your very own energy, which it, you don't have that uh, sort of price barrier that you currently have. This changes the world. Oh, yes. 800-259-9231. You can take control in the remaining moments of Free Talk Live that are You can listen to Free Talk Live on the radio via podcast, the webcam, and our live streams at freetalklive.com. Not enough options? Now you can listen to Free Talk Live from any phone, anywhere. Add this number to your phone, 760-569-7752. It's a long-distance call, so make sure you're familiar with your phone's calling plan. The Free Talk Live listen lines are airing the latest episode of Free Talk Live 24 hours a day, including our live shows. Call 760-569-7752. That's 760-569-7752. Whatever you want, just dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. 
1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com and enjoy the various features that we have there for you uh, completely free, freetalklive.com. And visit totasack.us to learn about the Totasack, which is a one-trip wonder for hauling goods from your vehicle and back to your home. It's available, by the way, not just to consumers, but also to fundraisers and small independent resellers of general merchandise. Uh, Totasack is a retail grocery bag carrier that handles more than you can. Visit totasack.us and you can get in touch with them there. Of course, you can get a family pack and they also uh, welcome wholesale orders and offer, of course, the requisite discounts that would come along with such a wholesale order. It's the original green thing that's been available since 1997. You can go to totasack, T-O-T-A-S-A-K dot U-S to learn more and place your order. Of course, you keep listening to Free Talk Live. You'll have a chance to win a two-pack. But I think that once you get your hands on the two-pack, you're going to say to yourself, yeah, this is this is a great little device and uh, it'd be perfect for grandma or perfect for you know uh, other family and or friends. Uh, great, uh, great time to get a six-pack or a family pack is right now uh, for the holiday season because it's a it's a wonderful little device i use it every time i bring my groceries back from the car totasac.us 800-259-9231 the news has hit it is official san francisco has become the first major city to pass a law that cracks down on the popular practice of giving away free toys with unhealthy restaurant meals for children we talked uh, to you about this when it was in the proposal stages and yeah they did it uh, San Francisco's Board of Supervisors passed a law on Tuesday in a veto-proof 8-3 to vote. So the mayor can't say anything about it. It takes effect on December 1st. The law, like an ordinance passed earlier this year in nearby Santa Clara County, would require that restaurants' kids' meals meet certain nutritional standards before they could be sold with toys. Opponents of the law include the National Restaurant Association and the McDonald's Corporation, as well as anybody who believes in freedom. Uh, which could be uh, which used its now widely popular Happy Meal to pioneer pioneer the use of free toys to market directly to children. McDonald's spokeswoman Dania Proud said in a statement, "We're extremely disappointed with today's decision. It's not what our customers want, nor is it something that they asked for. Getting a toy with a kid's meal is just one part of a fun family experience at uh, McDonald's." Now, I'm no fan of McDonald's. I uh, don't much care for their food, but I, th- I think they should be free to sell whatever stuff they want to sell in whatever configuration they want to sell it, and everybody who wants to buy it should be free to make that purchase. You know, they say this, uh, the fun family experience, and, and, and that's absolutely true. Uh, you know, McDonald's offers something that many businesses don't. They often often offer a playground for kids, an indoor playground. I mean, that's, you know, that's something you can't get every place, and they do that by offering people hamburgers and Grilled chicken sandwiches, all variety of, of uh, you know, healthy choices. People go to McDonald's. Some of them buy their, you know, Big Macs there. That's fine, too. I just, you know, it's amazing the, uh, the, the, the vitriol against McDonald's. It's like these people saw Super Size Me and they decided we're going to kill this, this evil thing. Well, the well, thing is you can go to McDonald's and order a Happy Meal that's actually fairly healthy with the apple slices and i imagine you can get one with a salad or a chicken sandwich or something along those lines and have a healthy meal that comes with a toy for your child at the same price as the as as the cheeseburger and french fry happy meal yep and now if you live in san francisco if you want to get your children the uh, happy meal toy you will have to order that particular happy meal that's basically what they've done. Oh, Pretty much. Presuming the Happy Meal meets the requirements, uh, because it's not just about, it's, it's actually about a caloric number here, uh, 600 calories. So San Francisco's law would allow toys to be given away with kids' meals that have less than 600 calories, contain fruits and vegetables, and include beverages without what they call excessive fat or sugar. 
So, yeah, pretty much you'll have to order the most healthy, happy meal in order to get your hands on whatever the hot toy is at uh, at that that point in time. And probably with the 2% milk that's mostly watered down and it, it just stuff that the kids aren't going to like as much. Nope, certainly not. So, but that's okay. It's for their be- it's for the best of the children. The the bureaucrats know what's best, and you parents, you just suck. And you can't, you just can't make the right decisions. And because you can't make the right decisions, you're just too easily tempted by these evil corporations. We need to step in and make sure you do what's right. Yeah, it's really nanny state. I mean, that's that's as far as it goes. You know. Well, here's what the supervisor who uh, had to uh, supported the measure actually founded the measure, Eric Marr. He says our children are sick. Rates of obesity in San Francisco are disturbingly high, especially among children of color. This is a challenge to the restaurant industry to think about children's health first and join the so wide. Is he claiming to be smarter than black people? Is that what he's saying? I, d- I don't know what he's okay. saying. Uh, and join the wide range of local restaurants that have already made this commitment. Fifteen percent of American children are overweight or uh, overweight rather or obese, which puts them at risk of developing heart disease, diabetes, and cancer, according to the U.S. Center for Disease Control. Have they considered um, removing the greasy pizza? Chocolate ho-hos and uh, Twinkies from the school lunch program. <laughs> I want the uh, the bureaucrats. That's uh, a great I, question. I, I want the, the the better lunch choices for the bureaucrats first. I want them to have to live this way before yeah. they do it to right? other people. Let's follow them around and see what their meal habits are like. That would be, I think, that would be particularly revealing. Like how we were talking about earlier, how you know Barack Obama takes this whole squadron, his armada of ships over, it, and he you know claims over to India uh, to accompany him, and he claims to be in favor of the environment. Uh, it's it's interesting when you find you follow these people around, you look into their homes, like the Al Gore with this huge man, these mansions with all kinds of sprinklers and electricity being operated all the time, yeah. and you see these people say one thing and they they do a completely other thing well that's because they don't they believe they should live a certain way and you should live another way because they are the elite and you are not so uh the center for Dis- uh, for science in the public interest which is basically a, a group of fascists uh in the summer threatened to, th- to sue mcdonald's if it didn't stop using happy meal toys to lure children into its restaurants a lawyer for that group said it's on track to file the lawsuit in the next several weeks they debuted the happy meal in 1979 with toys like the mcdoodler stencil and the mcwrist wallet modern offerings have included themed items from popular films of course as we're all familiar with you know it's interesting sean you bring up the the school lunches because that is a really great point of hypocrisy when it comes to these politicians that claim to care about kids i remember when i was in uh, in high school over a decade ago they actually had french fries there which were pretty good uh they had french fries there and they were offered every single day as long as well as pizza every single day uh for anybody that wanted to buy them and let me tell you they were popular they were big sellers. My school had a deal with one of the local pizza places to bring in pepperoni pizzas for the lunches all That's day, right. every day. And they just resold them at rather inflated prices. And Same thing here. It was, oh, that's because pizza that's they made it against the rules for you to leave to go someplace else to get lunch. So they had a captive audience. That too. Yep. That's right. So, uh, so yeah, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. 
And it's odds are good McDonald's is just going to go along with this because they're not, what else could they do? Right, it's not going to be worth their while to close down their stores and leave San Francisco. They're just going to jump through the hoops. They're going to be obedient, uh, like most government or excuse me, like most businesses are. But how crazy would it be to actually see somebody get arrested for selling someone a hamburger? Oh wait, we just had somebody arrested for selling hot dogs earlier on the show tonight. So it's not it's not uncommon. It's not they'll do it's it. Unheard of. It's just sad, isn't it? It's just I, I, you know, there. It's it's nanny state. It's as far as as you can go with that. You know? Oh no, it's not as far as you can go with it. <laughs> I mean, oh no, no, no. This is the tip of the iceberg. I mean, we're still. We're, we're still to the point where uh, they're not yet invading your pantry at home. They're not checking you. Because if you want to go to the grocery store and get some uh, some nice fatty meat and cook yourself up a greasy burger at home, they're not stopping you from doing that. You can make your own little happy meal if you wanted to, and there's no there's no prohibition on that at this point. But these kinds of people are the kinds of people that are ready to take another step. They likely already have an idea as to what they can do now uh, to these people that are out there selling people hamburgers and other tasty, delicious uh, foods. That they're in. I'm not saying McDonald's is tasty or delicious, but uh, some people like it. In fact, a lot of people do. Uh, but uh, So, yeah, they, there's a lot of uh, places they can go after this, and it wouldn't surprise me if they did. I, I, it wouldn't surprise me at all either. I mean, San Francisco is just uh, that kind of place. Well, it's not just San Francisco. It was uh, Chicago, I think, where – oh, wait, no. Was it Baltimore? Baltimore, I believe, is where the story was. We did not actually get to this a piece of show prep I've had sitting on for a little while where they actually have now made their first – or sent out their first – here it is – first trans fat citation. We had reported on these trans fat bans when they came about. New York City uh, was, I think, the first one in with banning trans fats from restaurants. The story out of Baltimore over at WBALTV.com where the health department issued its first environmental citation for repeat violations of the city's trans fat ban. The health department issued Healthy Choice, a food facility uh, in, uh, in Baltimore, a $100 fine on Thursday. And it was the second time they were found with high trans fat levels in their ingredients. Officials said that during inspections over the summertime, the facility was found to be using a margarine product with trans fat levels in excess of what the law allows. So yes, they actually do have government bureaucrats going around buying food from places and checking it to see what the trans fat content is. Well, trans fat is margarine, and margarine like is said, what they said was so good for you 20 years we ago. We are right on the cusp of a major invasion of nanny state. Welcome to Living Healthy Naturally, with information and advice on how to improve your health and wellness with natural remedies and nutritional healing. Here's renowned naturopathic doctor and certified nutritionist, Dr. Lindsay Duncan. I'm often asked by my clients about superfruits, those exotic fruits that are dynamos of nutrition that everyone is talking about these days. One of the best of these miraculous fruits that is getting a lot of attention and notoriety is called acai, which is known as the beauty berry. The acai berry naturally contains omega-3, 6, and 9 fatty acids, protein, and how many fruits can say they contain protein? Acai also contains fiber, anthocyanins, and a host of other very powerful nutrients. It is truly worthy of the title of a superfruit. Because acai berries are impossible to obtain at your local grocery store, Genesis Today has created a great tasting juice that contains this wonderful superfruit and a host of other nutrients in a healthy, delicious juice. It's called acai berry juice and it provides all the benefits of the acai berry in every 8-ounce serving. 
Drink a glass of delicious acai berry juice and you'll be getting everything you need for a healthy body. To learn more about living healthy, naturally, and acai berry juice, please visit genesistoday.com. Acai berry juice is available in the refrigerated section next to the OJ at all Walmart, Sam's Club, and Super Target locations.